4: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
3: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com
0: slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real?
5: up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? All right, folks. We're December NFL football. Man, I like December NFL football. You actually know what you're talking about. You know?
4: Can I give you a secret? Can I give you a real secret?
5: Right? The secret of especially college sports and uh, tonight I got a chance to cover college sports for Fox Sports One. We have a doubleheader. We got UMass Providence, yeah, UMass Providence, which is like eh, I'm going to say seven o'clock Eastern Time, then nine o'clock Eastern, nine thirty Eastern Time. We have USC TCU from um, from Staples Center. Here's a little secret. Like, look, I I, I study the AU circuit. I talk to college coaches. I like ball, and I do the same thing for college football. Like, I always like recruiting love talking to college coaches. And, you know, when I travel, I make it, a, make it a point to stop by basketball and football coaches' offices. And when you do that, they, like, welcome you in. They tell you everything about their team, other teams, or whatever. So you, you like to think you know a little bit more than the average Joe. But the truth is, truth is that, and this is true for your local guy, that even when they stop by, like, coaches don't really know what they have to start the year. And so if the coaches of their own teams don't know, how the hell are the broadcasters going to know? Like, we don't really know. Like, we just kind of assume when we pick big names, we're like, yeah, that'll work. We'd even do it in the NFL. I mean, take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, You came, come into the year and you were like, well, Jacksonville last year figured out a way, figured out a way in which... They could, they could make Blake Bortles into a quality quarterback. They figured it out last season. And so by figuring it out, you're like, well, all right, well, they still have Jalen Ramsey, and they got talented guys up front. they got Leonard, Leonard Fournette back for year two. Like, all right, they move a couple pieces around, but generally they get to the AFC Championship game last year. Why can't they be good this year? The thing about December football is now we actually know. Now, some stuff we don't know because we don't know how, and we're going to talk about this later, we don't know how teams are going to react when they lose huge, huge players. You know, how are you going to react without your quarterback or when your quarterback comes back like you might in Chicago? How do you react like the Kansas City Chiefs when you lose your running back? You know, game one against the Raiders, like, all right, you could have beat the Raiders with one arm tied behind your back. Now, you got the Ravens, they're going to shorten the game, and they got a very good defense. How does that change you? So I I think it's really important to point out that by now we actually know. And you know what else we know? We know the Jacksonville Jaguars have quit at football. What you saw last night was an embarrassing display of the opposite of the adage that football guys, NFL guys, try to tell you. You know, the thing about football is you just can't quit on things. You can't play half speed. You'll get hurt. You're like, really? Did you see the, the, the Henry run? He'd still be going. Jalen Ramsey's on the opposite side of the field. He's in man-to-man coverage. He looks over his right shoulder and never pursues. Like, Derrick Henry's fast, but when you have to stiff-arm four dudes running down the football field, he's not so fast. He's not that fast that they couldn't have gang-tackled him on his way to a 99-yard touchdown run. For a man his size, he is fast. For the NFL, he is not, especially when he has to. He has guys trying to drag him down. But when I watched Jalen Ramsey and the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars, just watch him. You know, there's like five of their dudes never moved. It showed me that the Jaguars have quit, and it also showed me, also showed me, why the quarterback position is so much more important than just can you throw a football? Can you throw a football? Um, I've worked at three different networks. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And I've learned things from everywhere I've worked. It's like one of the things that I love about my job is I work around people that really, really know and love the sports that they played. You know? Like, we all know... Colin and I and Dan and I we all know the sports you know I, I played everything growing up my dad was a coach my brother is a coach and so you know about coaching you know about playing and sports do in fact translate and having played all these sports like I can tell you but the guys who played at a pro level that really know how to describe it and to understand it I'll never forget I tell people all the time Tim Hasselbeck taught me how to watch football Tim Hasselbeck's like, dude, you're watching football like a fan. Let me show you how to watch football. You know, these are the things that you have to see. Here's how you can tell who's screwed up. And even sometimes now, I don't really know. So I text him or I'll text Trent Dilfer or other guys that really know and love their sport. Like, nah, here's the deal. The wide receiver has to win on the inside on that route, or the quarterback has to throw it to this specific area. You watch Dan Orlovsky over at ESPN does an incredible job. And Phil Simms, some people have maligned Phil Simms, longtime lead analyst for CBS. Now he's in studio as Romo's, but Phil Simms told me it told me a phrase a long time ago, and he was like, "Well, you know, he's a quarterback." That's what he said. He's a quarterback. And I was like, what does that mean? You ever interviewed a quarterback? I said, yeah. He said, what do you think about it? I was like, well, you know, Matt Ryan comes in here to the Super bowl and I feel like I know him. And I feel like we're best friends. I feel like if I exchange text numbers with him, he's legitimately going to text me back and then text me like at at 11 p.m. one night going, what you doing? WID. Right? Romo had the exact same thing. I would run into Romo at various events and I know like he's got a little crew that travels with him. I know like his turtle, if you will, like, is a good friend of mine, but you know, like, look, I'm just another guy doing this. There's lots of us doing it, but you're running the runway like, man, are we best friends? And that's how they all make you feel or at least the good ones, the ones that can't get along in a room. This is the difference between, for example, Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel. Mayfield and Manziel, both incredible competitors. Now, Baker would do the job in terms of understanding coverage, football IQ, total student of the game as opposed to Manziel. But the other part about Baker is Baker kind of takes over a room and guys are engaged with him and they like him and they want to compete for him. Whereas Menzel, they don't dislike him and dislike his off the field annex, but there's not a there's not a cohesiveness to him. There's not a get behind me and stick with me and we're going to win this thing because whether it's that they know he's not prepared and he's just winging it and he's faking it till he makes it or whatever it was, there's just a difference there. Even Russell Wilson, who many guys in the NFL think that guy's a phony. Have a 10 minute conversation with them, and you're like, okay, like, I don't believe that there's any magic water that could cure me from concussion. But if Russell Wilson says there's magic water, I kind of want to believe it. There's an it factor to it. Right? There's Clemson has this twofold. Clemson has this twofold. They had it first with Dabo Sweeney. Clemson's had talented teams and talented coaches for years. And everybody said, like, when Dabo Sweeney was a wide receivers coach, guys that even weren't wide receivers would stop by and stay and hang in his office. He had this stickiness to him where guys just wanted to be around him. And then he landed Deshaun Watson. Like, look, Deshaun Watson's not a great quarterback. He's not. He's not a great surveyor of the football field. There are throws he misses. There are things he still doesn't slide after two ACLs. Guys love him. They just do. I can't explain it. You know, look, I'm not trying to tell you that life's a popularity contest, but it doesn't hurt your life if you're really popular. It just doesn't. There are guys that get movies because they win the room. There are guys that get jobs because they win the room. And there are guys that are really good quarterbacks because they win the room. This is not even anti Blake Bortles, but whatever it is that he's done and how he's handled himself and how that franchise has protected him and emboldened him, even to making a quarterback change to a Cody Kessler, who everybody knows is a backup, lost the team. He lost the team. The franchise lost the team and that's a football team that quit. We don't know things early in the year because no one really knows how a season's going to season's going to work out. But we know things by December. And uh look, I was very fortunate to hit both the over uh and and the um and the win for the Tennessee Titans, but just because they had decided to show up for one game against the Indianapolis Colts just to prove That they could still play because the players were heard about the quarterback position. To watch them quit in Tennessee after watching them compete last weekend was embarrassing. Embarrassing. And by December, we know. And we know Jacksonville is a complete and utter dumpster fire. Last year was the exception. All the other years appear to be the rule. All right, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, a million and one things seemingly to get to um, on a Friday. We got my picks, which have been dominant in in college football, in pro football, not as much, although music never counts my Thursday picks, my Monday picks, which have been great. All right, coming up next, former uh, NFL scout John Middlecoff joins the show. What do the Jaguars do now? Ian Rapport said that the Jaguars are going to move on from Blake Bortles in the future. So they owe him $17 million. Obviously, there's some dead cap money, but how do you, with with a pretty good team, at least a talented team, how do you change quarterbacks and also change that culture back? We'll ask Middlecoff, plus we'll ask him about Chiefs and Ravens, two teams with very different styles next on the Doug Gottlieb show.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at noon Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at progressive.com or call 1-800-progressive.
5: Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, uh I was we were talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars And I was referencing something that Ian Rappaport uh, reported. Here's what Ian Rappaport actually said. I'm told Blake Bortles' future does not include the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not that this is a surprise at all, but they are expected to move on from him uh, in this offseason. Unlikely to be able to trade him just with that huge contract extension they signed him to last offseason. So there's going to be a, a dead money hit that they'll be able to split over, I believe $16 million. They'll be able to split over two years, but we likely have seen the last of Blake Bortles in January. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is in year three of his rookie contract. Of course, they have the fifth year option, but man, does that give me the heebie-jeebies? Doesn't it? Really does. When you watch him just absolutely quit on his football team, and especially after all of the, you know, after all the talk, like it's one of the one of those things about. Here's the thing I've always respected about Richard Sherman. Do I think Richard Sherman talked too much and talked his way out of Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think that making an enemy of your quarterback, of your offensive coordinator, of your entire offensive side of the ball, you know, creating a divide in that locker room, I think that ultimately led to his, his departure. I mean, that and he was highly paid and he tore his Achilles tendon. But, but, but the, the one thing about Richard Sherman was he would talk it, but he would walk it. And Jalen Ramsey, like, you, you can't run your mouth about how bad every other quarterback is, how bad every other team is, and then when you, your own quarterback isn't good then and your t- season's tanking, Like this is it's actually one of the things I understand about what Gruden is doing. You may think I'm crazy. John Middlecoff's going to join us in a second, and he's killed the Raiders for some of their moves. I actually believe that one of the things the Raiders are trying to figure out is Who's gonna stay on who's gonna who's like with us even through the tough times? We know we're gonna stink. We trade away our two best players. Of course we're gonna stink. But we're loading up and we're gonna find out through who through adversity which one of these guys can still compete every Sunday. And we've seen Jalen Ramsey when things aren't going well, he quits. That's what's happened this year. John Middlecoff joins us. Check out his three and out podcast and the Herd Podcast Network. He's a former NFL scout. When, when you watch, was last night about Tennessee or about Jacksonville?
7: Probably more about Jacksonville. I, I saw your tweet about Jalen Ramsey, uh, about his effort on the play. And I, I'm with you. It's it's one thing to, to talk in, in football. You know, he, he's, this year he started, you know, writing checks that his teammates can't cash. And then he, while he's a remarkable player, uh, you just – it's hard to operate like that in football on a crappy team. And if he's going to be your leader and like you act about Gruden, like if you're going to pay all this money for a player and Gruden chose, he wasn't going to pay either Mac or Amari. The, the Jaguars now have that question. Is he the type of guy that you feel comfortable giving, you know, I mean, he would demand huge cash, 75, $80 million guaranteed. I, I would say no, <laughs> you know, and it's not because of his talent. It's because of everything else.
5: Uh, what do you do if you're Jacksonville? I mean, obviously, they're going to they're gonna part ways, it looks like, with Bortles. They're going to start over with, at quarterback. Uh, but is that enough? Is going, going in the draft and, and rolling the dice and getting a quarterback enough to fix what ails this franchise?
7: Yeah, I heard someone say, and they brought up a good point, is their problem is going to be financially, like, get rid of Bortles how. Like, if they cut him, they're going to have to eat money. They don't have a lot of wiggle room because they paid all these guys the last couple years. So they, they, it's not like they can go out and reload in free agency. Uh, they have some bad contracts, but they have some young up-and-coming guys like Jalen Ramsey. What do you do? Do you just unload them for, you know, a first- and a second-round pick and just try to restart? Uh, I think they're in a tough spot. I mean, are, are they keeping – I mean, this team quit on Doug Marone. They, I mean, they on national television last night, Thursday Night Football, they quit, which I watched – you know, I know you watch a lot of NBA too. Like it happens a lot in basketball. Yes, teams that doesn't ha-
5: out doesn't happen baseball. like that in football.
7: No, because you at least and on defense, guys are running full speed at you. You can't just quit. They quit, and it's December seventh, Doug. You know, yeah. I, I would it shock you if they fired the coach? I mean, I, Tom Coughlin's not going anywhere. You think, but I would say everyone in that building, you know, is their job is not guaranteed next year. Whether that's some guys you might need to trade. The Bortles contract, he's not a tradable player. Uh, and you don't want to cut him because then you get the dead money in football, which, you know, 10, 15 millions of dead cap money can add up fast. I, I think they're screwed, especially when you look at the division. Luck and the Colts are coming. The Texans are good. Uh, and, and the Titans are a feisty, you know, 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, team every year. So I, I don't know what the I think the Jags just <laughs> probably just restart, start over.
5: Can I ask you a, a question, which I don't know if anybody is, else is willing to answer, but I think you would be. Um, why does Tom Coughlin always get a pass? Like, he was great in Jacksonville back in the day. And there was a run there with the Giants where they went to the, the playoffs four straight years uh, winning a Super Bowl. Um, he's actually only won playoff games during their two Super Bowl runs, but six of his last seven years in New York, they didn't make the playoffs. And this was not—we didn't have all-time teams coming out of Philly, or out of Washington, or out of Dallas, right? That division was not strong.
7: No, it was up and down. Yeah. And and
5: he's taken over. And they, look, they were good last year, but that was like a culmination of years and years and years yeah. of drafting. Wasn't, in all, the, him. It, it wasn't it, all him. It, no. And now the thing has fallen apart in a hurry. And Mister Discipline Order—that team lacks discipline and order. Why does Tom Coughlin get a pass?
7: Well, I, I think in Jacksonville it's simple. No one cares. I mean, they're just the Jacksonville Jaguars. If this, if they were the, that was the Forty ers or the Cowboys or the Steelers, like it'd be a big deal. I, I think looking back to New York and my when I was, I lived in Philly for a couple of years. Once you win that Super Bowl and then he won the second one, I mean, that just bought him so much time. But I, I think Jacksonville, just the simple fact that it's the most irrelevant NFL franchise. Like he, he would be getting more heat to me. If he was in a bigger brand name franchise, it just no one cares about the Jags. I mean, just All statistically right. and quantitatively. No, they I, I know. Don't have I
5: know. I look. I think they're going to end up playing four of their games in London and still remaining. You know, getting the tax benefit of playing some games and calling Jacksonville home as well. Uh, but still, it's it's fascinating to see a team that maybe too much too soon gets back to the playoffs, to the AFC Championship game, has a lead at the half on the road. In, uh, in New England, and now they're 4-9, and, nine, and th- their season is over. They have quit with, uh, with what is it, uh, how many games they have left to play with? Uh, five games left? No. Uh, four... I, I,
7: I'd also argue that I, my question for Tom, like, in basketball, Pat Riley can kind of control a lot and be an Eric Sear. Like, what can Tom, he's up there taking notes with his pencil, so I'm sure he's got scheme ideas, but then he's not implementing as the coach. If anything, he might be getting in the way of some stuff. It might be he might be making things more difficult, honestly. When you think about just the way football works, you know, because he's not coaching the team, but clearly he's got coaching ideas and things he's jotting down up there with his number 2 pencil and his coaching outfit, it actually might work against the Jaguars as, you know, if again next year as this continues.
5: Uh, all right, let's get to a couple of these games. There's some really interesting ones, um, I think. Eagles, Cowboys. Have the Cowboys Ooh. figured out who they are?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they end Philly season Sunday. Uh, they're playing as well as anyone, just defensively, and they have the modern day defense. That place was rocking against the Saints. I would imagine it's even crazier this, you know, Sunday against Philly. Uh, Philly did get somewhat of their mojo back. You know, I mean, they got a win on Monday Night Football. But so they're coming off a short week. Dallas has a long week, and they can basically end their rival, who are the defending Super Bowl champions, season. Uh, now I, you know, Philly with Wentz, you just if he plays well, you, you never know. But I, I like I like Dallas this week.
5: I I do I do too. Um, the the Steelers have a ridiculous pass to run ratio, and now all of a sudden you've lost your running back. Um, what are your thoughts on the Steelers after that come from a head loss to the Chargers at home on Sunday night?
7: I mean, you would think they come out to Oakland and just blow the brakes off them. They've lost a couple games now in a row. Their seeding is somewhat—you know—it's kind of crazy these last couple of weeks. It went from like—you know—they're a lock three seed that they might be the four seed, which means they'd have to play the Chargers again. Uh, which you could argue, like, are the Chargers really going to go to st- Pittsburgh and beat them twice, and I'd probably say, yeah, they better. Have Mel-
5: and they'd probably have Melvin Gordon this time.
7: Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I, Derek did play better last week against the Chiefs, but it is the Chiefs, and their defense is not great. Uh, I, I, you know, the the tickets actually to go to the Coliseum are so much higher than the game at Levi's against the Broncos. It's because I, I, there are gonna be a lot of Steeler fans there. Yep. Uh, if you're a West Coast Steeler fan, you know, living in California, you're coming to this game to see your squad. So, and I've been to the Coliseum when the Packers and the place like these out of town teams can take over a stadium. So I, you'd think they would get their mojo back and get rolling. It's a tough matchup for Oakland because they can throw the ball and Oakland cannot. They have no pass rush and they can't cover.
5: Other than that, how is the show, right? Uh, Rams, yeah. Bears, right? And and as much as it's cliche to say West Coast teams are soft, um, I can tell you that, like, I lived 12 out of the last 16 years in Connecticut. okay? And so, you know, cold weather has never really bothered me. But I've been back here for a year and a half. In the West Coast. And when I get out in the cold weather, when it's like 50 degrees, like, oh, my God, that's so cold. 36 degrees at kickoff time. And look, that's not Pat Mahomes on the other sideline, as we expect Mitchell Trubisky to start. But it is the st- same essentially offense with different personnel that lit them up in the Coliseum. What were the chance of the Bears uh, as home dogs pulling off the upset against the Rams?
7: Yeah, I'm with you. Listen, I'm a California guy the majority of my life and the two years in Philly. I mean, it, it wrecks your world if you're, if you're not used to it. To me, like Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley, it doesn't impact those guys. It affects the quarterback. And Jared Goff is a California guy through and through. He spent all his time at Cal and now in L.A. So the one game that I can remember in, in a driving rainstorm at Oregon, he had to be benched in college. Now, it's not supposed to snow or anything, but the cold is going to affect him uh, now, big picture, whether they lose this game, they're going to be a home field team in the playoffs. You know, more than likely the one seed, even if they're the two seed, they'd have to go on the road again to New Orleans. That The, that the weather is not going to impact their road to the Super Bowl. But on this given game, I mean, it's a big advantage for Chicago. Plus, I mean, it's one of the bigger games in, you know, Soldier Field in what, six, seven years it feels like? I mean, this, yeah. that place is going to be nuts. It's, it'd be a good test. I don't know if it's going to have much impact, win or lose, for the Rams this year. But, like, you may look next year or in two years, if they're a wild card team, that experience of playing in cold games is good for Jared Goff, for sure. How, how
5: have the Seahawks done this? How have they done They're 7-5 in the year. And even in their losses, it's like every one of their games comes down to Russell Wilson has the ball driving late.
7: I think two things. I mean, it starts with him. He's just a, he's an elite player. He's just a fantastic playmaker. Uh, and he's been awesome this year. And I just think their kind of defensive culture. They don't have the names anymore, but when you watch them play, they play with an edge that I know the new rules, you get flagged for hitting them, but they throw their body around, and they try to hit people hard. And say what you want about the 12s, and they came out of the woodwork five years ago, that that place still rocks, you know. And, I mean, that that place gets loud, and this has been a culture season for Pete because – I remember seeing a quote John Schneider said last year that they went 9-7. and It felt like they won two games. Well, this year, you know, they're going to go 9-10 wins, and it's going to feel like they won 12 or 13 because most people picked, and myself included, thought they were going to suck. And they've been – I mean, think about this, Doug. They're 7-5. and five. They've had two of the best losses of the year to the Rams. Yep. I mean, they easily could have won one of those games. They've been in just a fantastic store, and Pete's done this with a bunch of random guys. No, you but know, besides, but but honestly, this us. is
5: what I this is what I said to start the year. What's interesting, what people miss is John Snyder, The before the Legion of Boom was the Legion of Boom. Those were a bunch of no name third, fourth, fifth round picks, right? 100%, and sure. and so if you can evaluate that well. The first time, why can't you? second time, and I know some people are like, well, Pete had a hand in that because he coached in college for long enough where he knew all of these guys, even the ones he didn't get. That said, like I do think there's something to their evaluation process and the culture of how that defense is built. All right, last one, Colts-Texans. Um Texans are a team that's won nine in a row, and this thing started with the Colts giving them an absolute, absolute gift going for it. On their own forty-three yard line, I think part of it at the time was the Colts thought there's no chance of the playoffs. But the Colts threw out a stinker last week against Jacksonville. Now they go to Houston, take on the Texans. What are your thoughts first on the Texans and then on the game?
7: Yeah, I mean, anytime you win nine straight games in the NFL, it's remarkable. Uh, I mean, they would this would be the second ten-game winning streak of the year. I mean, them and the Saints. I'm taking the Colts simply because they're coming off a stinker, and two, like I took Dallas last week against the Saints. You just Ten games, ten straight games, that's that's unheard of in the NFL. So you'd think the Colts would bounce back. They, they, their offense has been so unreal. For them to have zero points last week, and clearly the Jags, I mean, they quit on the season, it's pretty nuts. But I, I just think the Texans, who are going to go to the playoffs, they're going to lose a game. You know, it's not like they're going to end the season on a 13-game winning streak. So I, I think the Colts battle back, probably end up missing the playoffs by a game, but they're going to make it interesting here down the stretch.
5: All right, last one that's that's super interesting is Kansas City. So Kelvin Benjamin now signs with Kansas City, and I think one reason he did so was because also Sammy Watkins, I guess, tweaked his foot, um, yeah. and and you know, oh yeah, by the way, the,
7: out out until the playoffs, I think I read.
5: Yeah, and and when you've had when you've had repeated foot problems, um, and that, that is that is not good. Um, so you're down Sammy Watkins, and you're down your star running back, and you're taking on a Baltimore team with a very good defense. And, look, their offense isn't great, and Lamar Jackson obviously left yeah, last week's game with uh, concussion protocol, whatever, but th- they have found a way to, to win all these games. Um, you know, can, can the Ravens shorten the game and find a way to squeak out one against a Kansas City team that's going to have to kind of reconfigure themselves?
7: To me, it's just going to be hard for the Ravens to score enough points. Um, it, you know, just I watched Lamar Jackson. It's just not sustainable. I mean, he got knocked out of last game, and he came back. Now, the Chiefs aren't exactly the 85 Bears on defense, but when you're running the, basically the, the option every other play, I, I don't know if that's a sustainable way to beat a team that just scores the ball a lot. But I, I, I do think that the big part about Kareem Hunt on the field is he was really good. He had seven touchdowns running, but he had seven touchdowns in the air, and a lot of those are the screen game that Andy loves. Uh, the, you start playing good teams. I mean, this, the Chiefs are about to embark on a four-day stretch where they play the Ravens, who might be a playoff team, and then the Chargers, that are a playoff team. Like, they're, they're cruising toward a top seed now, but it could change here pretty fast. I actually like, uh, I'm going to take the Ravens and the points. I don't know if they win the game, but I, I do think they could muck it up and just, you know, kind of old-school Ravens football and make it a little difficult just because who, who's running the ball for the Chiefs? I mean, you can't. It's hard to consistently throw it as the weather turns in Kansas City, in Chicago, you know, in some of these places. I mean, I haven't checked the weather in Kansas City, but it's not going to be 80 degrees.
5: I think they have a storm going through there today. Uh, I know. Yeah, it's going, I, would, I, I would
7: imagine it's not pretty.
5: Uh, it's supposed to be 38 degrees, partly cloudy. I don't know in terms of if there's snow. Like 38 degrees does not strike me as let's ha- let's, let's let Pat Mahomes get back and throw it. And by the way, he's going to throw it to. Kelvin Benjamin, who you know, you know, what was it? Mike Lombardi said is one sandwich away from being a tight end, and yeah. you know, he's,
7: <laughs> I see. Doug, I think they can get by with because Andy's good enough at making the Conleys and random guys a receiver. To me, it's the Hunt. It's he was he was so good that that's that might not bite him in the butt Sunday, but I, I do think it's going to poke its head at, down the stretch or in the playoffs. Just not having a guy they can depend on.
5: Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, Three now podcast, download it. I encourage you to do so. Just go to the Heard Podcast Network. Follow John Middlecoff on Twitter and follow him on Facebook. He posts videos. They're awesome. They'll teach you about the National Football League, as he just did for the last 10 minutes. John, great stuff. Uh, Happy holidays, and thanks for joining us.
3: Have a good weekend, Doug.
5: Same to you. Let's get to Dan Beyer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. DB, what do you got? You
3: guys talked about Sammy Watkins. Some uh, not conflicting reports, just the Chiefs not giving a lot of information about his status. Andy Reid did admit that Watkins tweaked his foot injury in practice. Now he's considered doubtful for the game against the Ravens, but it was the Kansas City star who says Watkins could miss four to six weeks with that injury, but no confirmation from Kansas City was a showdown with Baltimore. Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco practiced fully today, trying to return from his hip injury, had coach John Harbaugh said Flacco hasn't been cleared to return to game action yet and didn't name a starter for Sunday's matchup in Kansas City. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon missed his third straight practice today because of a sprained knee and isn't likely to face the Bengals on Sunday. Former Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze is the new head football coach at Liberty, while Temple's Jeff Collins is leaving Philly to be the new head coach at Georgia Tech. In Kansas, running back Puka Williams was suspended indefinitely following his arrest on suspicion of domestic violence. Joel Embiid sitting out for the Sixers tonight against the Pistons. to Tourette. The San Jose Sharks take on the Dallas Stars at 8 o'clock Eastern time and tonight's Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member. A Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. And Doug, there's some more news coming out of Venezuela. It was overnight that two former Major League Baseball players, Luis Valbuena and Jose Castillo, were killed in a car accident. The LA Times is now reporting that Officials in Venezuela have arrested four suspects who may have had a part in the players' deaths. The report says there it is known that there may be thieves who try to throw a vehicle off of a route or try to maybe have the car break down by throwing rocks in the road. And then they would attempt to rob that vehicle after the car is disabled. Last night, the two former players were killed in a car accident, and now police have found these suspects with some of the players' belongings on them. So sad story in Venezuela and one that continues to develop. Wow.
5: Uh, quick, quick, quick story to add to that um, is that when I was in Russia, when I was in Russia, we had a, I had a driver, and the reason you had a driver was they told you, like, listen, people will try, they know you're American, they'll try and crash into your car, because, and then they'll just walk out and, and they'll start yelling at you and tell them to pay you money. And then the cops will come over and say, you got to pay everybody money. So like, easiest thing to do is just have a driver. Let them, let them handle it. Let them handle it. Wow. And then, um, you remember Rusty LaRue?
3: Yeah. The, yeah. The name played in the NBA, yeah.
5: uh, three sports star at Wake Forest. Rusty LaRue, um, he played in Moscow and in Moscow, there's a there's actually a lane that you can pay money and get like a blue light where you can drive down the center of traffic like traffic's going on the right and going left and if you have a blue light you can drive down the middle it's like carpool lane on steroids where no one okay. else is there you got to pay money and get one of these blue lights anyway he kept getting pulled over on the way to and from uh, you know coming home from practice and he couldn't figure out how they knew he was it was like he would always get and they'd say like taxes taxes so he asked his teammates, the Russian teammates, like, hey, how do I how, how do I get out of getting pulled over? They're like, baseball cap, don't wear? Well, I, he's like, What? Like, Russians don't wear baseball cap. Like, oh, like he always wear a baseball <laughs> hat. He didn't you know, wearing wear it backwards. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, Russian guy Russian people don't wear a baseball hat. Anyway, that's terrible news with Luis, Valbu- Luis Valbuena and Jose Castillo. All right, coming up next, could an undefeated quarterback be headed to the bench? Find out next.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
5: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, John, do you have elves at your house? Do you have an elf at your house? An elf on the shelf at your house? Uh, that would be affirmative. Yes. What's your elf's name?
0: Uh, I don't know what it is. I think.
5: (laughs) You don't know your elf's name?
0: I don't know. I think Lucas knows what it is. I do not personally know what it is. I'm sorry. Wait, what? I don't. I don't know. I didn't even know he had a name. We just call him elf. I do. I go, hey, it's the elf. Lucas goes, hey. You
5: you, you do the (laughs) thing where you, it's like when you go up to somebody you don't know the name. Hey, man. (laughs) Dude.
0: Hey, buddy. What's
5: up, bro? (laughs) What's up, bro? What's up, elf? What's up, elf? Elf? Man, doesn't even know the elf on the shelf's name. Good to know it's so near and dear to your heart there, John. (laughs) Man, interesting form of parenting. Let's get to a game. Game
6: Hey, This. It's game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Dan Beyer joins us. By the way, check out Dan's show. 9 a.m. Eastern Time every
3: Sunday morning here on Fox Sports Radio. Dan, what's the game? The game today, Doug, is... Psychic. All right, Psychic. Will Blake Bortles take another snap as a Jacksonville Jaguar? Yes. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yes. Blown out last night by the Titans where... uh, Cody Kessler just took the reins the entire time, but you see, you see him taking another snap and obviously a meaningless snap because the Jaguars were limited from the postseason. but you see, there's a way that maybe he will play this season. Yeah. I,
5: look, I think there's, there's one of two options. I mean, look, I'm not morbid, but Cody Kessler could get hurt, right? Sure. I mean, that, that, yep. that could in fact happen. It happened in, in, um, uh, in, in Cleveland when he played. Secondly, I, I think they're going to try and trade him, right? They, And the only way to trade him is show that he can. They can actually play. So I mean, what? What's look as the team quit? Yeah. So what are they going to do? Quit more? You know? (laughs) Oh, like oh, if you play him, we're going to quit. Like yeah, we saw you quit last week. So so what? Um, I would guess he does play later on this season. Obviously, uh, things have gone. uh, Things have gone like mega made in. Um, Spaceballs. Are you familiar with Spaceballs? Uh, no. Never you seen haven't seen
0: Spaceballs?
3: Spaceballs? No, I've not. Miss oh, that man. one. Ramos, have you seen Spaceballs?
0: Yes, Mel Brooks. Is
3: right. that a Schwartzby with you? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah Schwartz, right. be with yeah. you, yes. All right, Dan. There you go, Dan. There there you go. Go. So you have seen Spaceballs. No, I haven't seen it. I just know that that's what it's from because that's I've just heard a lot of well, people. Well, if you're familiar yeah. with
5: Spaceballs, you know what happened with Mega Maid. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not, I'm not, I wouldn't be using curse words, but it's not the type of word verbiage we should use. That's okay. what's, what's happened their season.
3: All right. Uh, psychic. Who do you see under center for the Ravens? First offensive snap against the chiefs on Sunday. Now that Joe Flacco has practiced fully today. Uh, I think we'll see Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I do think
5: we'll see them both. You know, obviously Lamar Jackson getting dinged a little bit last week, but I think Lamar Jackson gets the start. I do think there's a chance they turn to Flacco but I think we see Lamar Jackson first as they're going to try and shorten the game and run this new style offense. I also think it's hard for Kansas City's got a tough enough time preparing for any offense with that defense. Now, if you have to prepare for, prepare for two different offenses, it makes it more difficult. But I think they, they, they'll they buy themselves a week at least if they can't can get by with Lamar.
3: Psychic, will UCF try to schedule tougher non-conference opponents in the future? Second straight year they were unbeaten and didn't get into the college football playoff. This is a school that faces Stanford next year. But will UCF um, try to get tougher non-conference opponents? Well, look, look, they're going to just have to make the determination. It's not about tougher
5: non-conference opponents. It's about will they play road games? Right? Like everybody's like, oh, we'll play anybody at home and home. Like, they we're not playing home and home. We're not going to Orlando. Uh, so they're going to have to get with a TV company, and you know one of these TV companies and say, "Hey, we'll we'll play any of these neutral site games yeah. anywhere you'd like." That's what Boise did. Yeah, yeah. that's what you know, remember. And they they lost to Georgia one year early on, or yeah, whatever. But, um, but they're going to have look. They've tried and they've they've kind of struck out in terms of how good the teams are. Like. You know, you schedule North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Like, the Pitt win's actually not a terrible win. They they won their side of the division. They've tried a little bit. I think they just, what they need to eliminate is the uh, South Carolina states of the world. They're probably going to have to go all Power Five conference teams in all their non-conference games. And assuredly, that'll end up with losses. Psychic, do you see Carmelo Anthony ever wearing a Lakers uniform? Um, I'm not going to say never. I just, right now, I don't see it being a possibility. They're in a really good place in terms of their chemistry. I don't see them adding anybody, and then you know, we'll get to that at the top of the hour, but no, I, I uh in the in the very near future in the future,
3: I do not see him wearing purple and gold. Finally, psychic, will any of the Ramos children fall asleep in school today after a late night at the holiday Christmas <laughs> party at California Adventure? Uh late Wait, you night. you went to the Coast one oh three party? Uh, I did not. John Ramos and uh family made it to the iHeart Party, yes. Wait, there's, there was, a, it was an
0: all-iHeart party? I don't know if it was. I think it was just a coast.
3: Oh. It was Coast uh, 103. Yeah.
5: But you got invited, like, John I, got like a, I got, like, an invite, like, at 5.30, like, hey, if you want to swing by Disneyland tonight at go. 9 o'clock, we might be able to get you in. Was it fun?
0: It was. Unlimited had- rides? Yes.
5: Oh, my gosh. What? Yep. How does How, how does this happen?
0: game, huh?
6: Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Do we work for iHeart Media or do we not? Like, I thought we did. Like, there's iHeart Premiere, Fox Sports Radio, One Big Happy Family. They got Disneyland themselves and nobody asked me? I got three kids! Brought to you by Discover Car. We treat you like you treat you. iHeart Media doesn't!
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. I think it's fascinating, the LeBron James thing. right? Like, I actually do believe that Kevin Durant was mostly right when he said, look, there's a lot of fanboys in the media. It's not even about basketball. It's not LeBron's fault. They just they don't know what to do with themselves. They just fall all over themselves. You know? Like, look, congrats to Dan Beyer. Here's how I know he's a professional. Dan loves golf. Loves, loves, loves golf. And he's seen this in the media. I'm sure he saw this when he was at that Tiger versus Phil thing, right? There are some guys where... Right? When, when they... When they have to, have to ask a question of Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson, hi, 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 Tiger, hi, 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 And they just start asking questions. They can't parry it down. Like, just do your job. The Tiger effect on the media where you don't want him to, like, I don't want to get him mad and I want to get a good answer and I want to, I want to show him I know about golf. And it's like, just ask the question. Dan can, of course, keep it together. Most basketball guys can keep it together. Some can't. And that's really what Durant was talking about. I saw this story from the Athletic, uh, from Joe Varden, who used to cover them, in, uh, cover him in Cleveland. LeBron James would like to get Carmel Anthony to Los Angeles with him on the Lakers. League sources told The Athletic, and sources said there have been no, no requests made by James to Lakers' president, Magic Johnson, or general manager Rob Palenka, to make a deal for his friend. Nor would there be. All right, look, here's the thing. Um, LeBron is kind of he's a passive aggressive guy. And his way of getting across his message with other franchises, especially with Cleveland, has been to just you figure it out. You know, you figure it out. Like, when a coach should be fired, you just watch his body language and watch how he interacts and watch how emotionally invested he is in each game, in each assignment, in each timeout, and you can figure it out. You're not an idiot. You're a grown-up. But here's the difference between the Lakers and the Cavs. If this were the Cavs, Carmelo would probably already be on the Lakers. Excuse me, he'd already be on the Cavs. He'd already be there. Not because LeBron would have said anything, but because he wouldn't have said anything. And this is how Cleveland has always acted. Hey, let's just try and figure out what he might like, what he might not like. It's a little bit of that fanboy thing. There's such a distance kept between them that they can't figure out, I don't know, does he like green MMs or does he like red MMs? Let's just give him two different things of M&M's. Both up on a pedestal in his dressing room. We don't want to offend him. (laughs) Does he like Carmelo? I don't know, but I think he might. You know, they were on the banana boat together. We should sign him. Now, it should be pointed out that the last... Three off-seasons, he's had opportunities. And last off-season, even with 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 no money off, they didn't have to pay any real money to get him in L.A. LeBron James has never asked or opined for him to be in L.A. I, I don't believe this story to be... It's not inaccurate that LeBron... I think LeBron James is one of those guys where he doesn't want to make enemies. Especially of friends. Carmelo's a guy that everybody likes, but nobody wants to play with. I actually think there's a better home for Carmelo Anthony and it's with the playoff team in the West and people are going to think I'm crazy for it. I'll get to it in a second. This is the difference between LA and in Cleveland. In LA, they have a plan. The plan's coming together. The plan has great chemistry. It's fun to go to work. They've won 11 to 14. The young guys are coming along. The veteran guys are buying in and they'll add some pieces in the upcoming offseason. How does Carmelo Anthony fit in that plan? In the would he could he win him a game or two here or there getting hot off the bench? Sure, of course. But it's the it's the how you feel after the games that you lose, or how he handles not playing as much, not playing as big a role. By the way, the Lakers need more three point shooting and better defense. Two things that Carmelo Anthony does not provide. So, this strikes me as a LeBron James has probably told Carmelo, I love to have you. But, you know, I'm not really in decision making position. It's not how we agreed to roll here. And that's how the story got back to Joe Vard. I would do the one in a million thing in Dumb and Dumber. So, you're saying there's a chance? The only problem with that is, didn't Jim Gary actually land the girl at the end of Dumb and Dumber? And I don't think this actually lands Carmelo Anthony in L.A. Didn't he?
2: Yeah, he did. No, he did not. He didn't get the girl at the end of Dumb and Dumber? No. So first Harry's with her, and then he like tries to sabotage that situation. And then she was married the whole time, and yes. they end up getting the bad guys. Bad guys get arrested. Husband gets released from the ransom money, and she goes back with the husband. And then the bus full of bikini girls shows up. And they're like, oh, okay, they're finally gonna get it. And they go, Wow, you guys are in luck. There's a city that way with two guys who would be more than willing to find you guys. I forgot and, it.
5: It's good, it's good. I honestly I'd forgot the ending to Dumb and Dumber. I forgot it. And I've seen that movie a ton of times. I'd forgotten that that's the perfect ending to Dumb and Dumber. Now, did you see Dumber Dumb and Dumber?
2: That's gonna be a no. Yeah, I did
5: not see that one either. I can't tell you the start or the end of that one. That one I avoided. That one, if Bayer said he saw, um, I would actually think less of him than than the fact that he hasn't seen all these other movies. Byer, have
3: you seen Dumb and Dumber? Yes. The original? Okay. Yes. Have not seen the second one. Did not see Err, uh, uh, as you were saying. Yes. Nice Hooters. The Owls, right? Yes. yes.
5: <laughs> mm. What's oh. the soup of the day? It's a soup du jour. Mm. Sounds delicious. Very good movie, yes. Very good. (laughs) There's some good good lines there. All right, so I will go with the dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance, one in a million. I actually think Melo fits with the Golden State Warriors. You guys think I'm crazy? But the Golden State Warriors bench stinks. And they need somebody to come in off the bench and get buckets. And he can get buckets. You know, much the way that they used uh, Maurice Spatesmer, Mo Spates, Mo Buckets, Going back to their first championship year, Carmelo could be that guy. Now, he's not as physical a defender. He's a terrible defensive player. He just can't move out in the court. But as a bench player, if you come in and just, hey, go get buckets until you don't get buckets and then you come out. But LeBron going to be a Laker, I mean, uh, Carmelo going to be a Laker with LeBron, don't see it. I've been told by multiple sources within the Lakers, dude, our chemistry is awesome right now. Our guys like each other. People like coming to work. Complete 180 from last year when half the guys knew they weren't going to be there. So um, I can't tell whether it's somebody as a source trying to uh, napalm the Lakers or if it's LeBron, which I think is more likely, LeBron being really nice to Carmelo and say, man, I'd love to have you here eventually. Just stay in shape, stay ready. Um, I can't tell what it is. I, I don't I don't doubt that Joe Varden has his sources. I just doubt that he'll actually become a Laker. Yes. Uh, go ahead, Brian Music.
2: Is Melo at the point where he will only go to a team that's a contender? I mean, that, clearly that was the situation with the Hawks, right? Because the Hawks traded for him with the you know wink-wink-shake deal that he would get released, and then that way he could sign with someone with the Rockets. But now that the thing with the Rockets didn't work out, do you think he's still in the mindset of he's only looking for a team that's? A oh, contender? I think he's just
5: looking for a team. Oh, okay. I, I, the question is, what team is going to sign him? Right, I just th- that's the hard part, right? If you're a team that's tanking, you have like let, let me. Have you guys seen? You guys seen what happened with the Phoenix Suns the last two last two games? Do you guys know this story? No. Okay, um, this one is going to probably blow your mind when you hear it. Do you take a guess? How many points the Phoenix Suns had at the end of the first quarter last night?
2: Oh, I think uh I saw something briefly on Twitter. Wasn't it like 9, nine. or something like that? Nine. Oh man. Yeah, nine,
5: nine, 9 points. Do you know how much how many points they had against the Sacramento Kings the night before in the at in the first quarter?
2: I did not. Buy. That would also
5: be 9. <laughs> that would also be 9. Okay, so the Phoenix Suns, they know they have they got stink burgers there, right? They they tried to draft Mikhail Bridges like Justin Jackson, like, I don't know how great they are, but they're great. They, uh, their reputation was great chemistry guys. Neither can shoot, and neither, can, not, neither are good enough leaders in that locker room, and they stink. They are terrible. And their chemistry is terrible. You can't score nine points consecutively in the first quarter of an NBA game unless you're awful. That's why they, they, they signed Tyson Chandler. Because they, Chandler's seen as one of the great leaders, vet leaders in the NBA, and even he couldn't make it better. So a team like the Suns, who's trying to be bad, would they would they go and get Carmelo Anthony, who's not a great chemistry guy and's going to take all their shots? No, like the Atlanta Hawks, who had him and you know paid him to not play for them. Like that's the type of team they only know they want to be bad. But they also want their young guys to play. They don't want an old, old head who wants the ball and wants shots. Like, I just don't know if there's a home for him in the NBA. Does he want to go to a contender? Yeah, hell yeah. But the second he walked out the door in Houston, they were better. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where it works. Like by now he's been in Denver, New York, Oklahoma City, Houston, have I missed anywhere else? And frankly, Atlanta for a second, even though he didn't play a game. That's five. There's 30 NBA franchises. Like, tell me the one where it works. So I think there's a chance he doesn't play again. Because he's wired to play one way, and it's really hard to rewire a guy at any point in time. Now, you know, like, Boston hasn't been playing well. Do you think they're bringing in Carmelo Anthony? No. The Detroit Pistons... um, are six games out. They've had a surprising start to their season before losing the last two. But, you know, they finally found a role for Stanley Johnson as their backup foreman. Like, that that role of hybrid foreman is, re, re, you know, reserved now for athletic guys that can guard. He can't. I do think that Golden State could work for him. I just don't think they'll do it. Because he's seen as a uh, as a guy who's always been a starter, always being a star, and that's really, it's really hard for a lead singer to go, no, 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 no. I'll sing backup. I'll sing backup. Sure, no op, no problem. I will not steal the show. he's the show stealer? Daniel Jeremiah always steals the show. Uh, he was on hand for the Chargers' comeback against the Steelers. How much of that was about the Chargers? How much of that is about the Steelers? Plus, will the Cowboys keep the winning way? Their winning ways going and end the Eagles' season. And what should the Baltimore Ravens do? Find out next.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: In sports, a trade can make or break your team. It's no different than when it comes to selling or trading your car. You need to make good choices. With True Car, you got a star in your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. TrueCar True Car offer not available in all states. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. He joins us every week at this time. He does a great job great job on his own podcast. It's called move the sticks or on the NFL network or covering the LA chargers as their color analyst. He's Daniel Jeremiah, DJ, the chargers trail big at the half. And I remember turning to my wife and kids, same old chargers, right? Eh, Same old chargers. (laughs) Now there's no Melvin Gordon. So there's a, that's an explanation, not an excuse for not running the football, but no Melvin Gordon. And you're on the road against a talented team. They come back, win the game. Was that comeback more about where the Chargers are or where the Steelers are?
1: I honestly think it was more about the Chargers, Doug, and I think it's kind of the the veteran poise that they have with Rivers. You know, everybody talks about Phillip Rivers and how animated he is and how excited he is. I think he's done a great job of just kind of showing composure and poise when they've been in some tough spots this year and uh, found a way to dig out of that hole they had. I mean, that comeback and the two-point conversions that were needed each and every time that uh, they found a way to get that done. So I know the Steelers, you know, aren't happy with some of their execution and maybe a call here or there, or an unfortunate bounce. Uh, but I thought the, the real takeaway from that was that the Chargers are maybe not the same old Chargers, as you said.
5: Yeah, um, what about the kicking game? Um, you know, Badgley did miss an extra point, and then, and then uh, even though there are three offsides and the first miss was by a whisker, he did actually miss the first kick, like – are the kicking lows uh, uh, fixed
1: the crazy thing is, is is the way you describe that is still infinitely better than what they've dealt with over the last couple years uh, so it's it's definitely improved now it's not there's still some some worrisome moments obviously in that game and, and going forward but uh, it's still even better than the way they had it so I, I think there's a the belief in this kid that he'll He'll find his way, and maybe that was the luck that you needed to kind of change fortune to get that offsides on the first one.
5: He shanked. Yeah. He, well, he didn't. He didn't. In fairness, he didn't shank it, but he did just miss it, right? And then you're like, oh my god! Uh, yeah. And then even from that the th- distance,
1: from that distance, though, you can't. You got to put that thing right through the middle. Can't. Yeah. You can't even flirt with the uprights.
5: I know it. I know it's 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 crazy. Daniel Jeremiah joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Did they find? Did they expose something that people didn't know? or Did everybody know? that what you got to get is a, a Steeler linebacker, you know, on a slot-wide receiver. I mean, that really was they, – they just ate up those linebackers in coverage. Is that, was that a known uh, – was that something that was known previously around the league?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what that scheme calls for, you know. Like, there's certain, certain matchups you can kind of generate and create, and I thought the Chargers did a beautiful job there. Now, the Steelers have kind of argued if they have Cam Sutton, who's their normal uh, nickel, that they could have uh, done some things a little bit differently there, but man, the way it was, the chargers identified it right away and they did what smart teams do. They didn't stop. I mean, they just kept going to it again and again and again. And at some point in time, I'm sitting up there he's saying it during the broadcast, like they have to make an adjustment. Surely they're going to make an adjustment. Well, they never made an adjustment.
5: Yeah. It's, it was really remarkable to see, uh, equally remarkable to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars quit on national TV. Uh, have you, you know, look, you were in NFL organizations before this part of your yeah. career. Have you seen that before?
1: You know, it's funny because, um, uh, it was just two weeks ago doing the Chargers Cardinals game where everybody said the same thing about the Cardinals, you know, who just, they just laid an egg. I think the Chargers might've had what 45 unanswered points or something like that. I mean, it was awful. And then that same Cardinals team that people use the word, they go on the road and beat the Green Bay Packers. So, um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm always hesitant to use that word, but it was uh it was tough to watch last night, that's for sure.
5: What do they do? You know, they are they're, they're into Bortles for a bunch of money. Nobody wants them at that contract. What do you do?
1: I think they're gonna have to retool their roster a little bit, not just at that quarterback position. They've got to, I mean I'm sure you would you know, you probably eat some money there and try and go all in on somebody like Teddy Bridgewater in the off season. But I think you'll see them kind of – they'll split up that defense a little bit too. I think they'll take some – got to take some of those assets from the defensive side of the ball and and develop and invest in the offensive side of the ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that happen in the offseason.
5: What's the real conversation like in a front office? Daniel Jeremiah joining us from the Doug Gottlieb Show. So there's two different – very different instances of this. But let's start with Jalen Ramsey. Like, look, Jalen Ramsey's super, super talented. Um, and, you know, he – he ran his mouth all off season and even early in the season and it's one thing anybody can be beaten in the nfl right like look you can Mm -hmm. get a good cornerbacks can get beaten. that's that's the nature of the sport but to quit Mm -hmm. and he's quit several times in this thing like how do you handle that when you have a guy that has that much talent but also has quit in him
1: well i think you address it directly um and you know that's that's something I'm sure that will be done at the player level. Um, you know should be done at the position coach level, coordinator level all the way up. Um, it should be taken care of from the guys on the field before it ever gets to the people in the personnel department. But you've got to address it and, and see how he responds to it. if he takes if he takes issue with it, I know they said you know there was those rumors that they might that he might be dangled and then the, the Jaguars issued a statement said that is absolutely false. that's not happening. I think if you address some of your issues with him and he's uh he's defiant about him i I don't know i i wouldn't rule that out i know they've said that won't happen but personally i i wouldn't totally rule that out as a possibility i think it's something that bears paying attention to in the offseason
5: all right even worse is the odell beckham jr situation just because they just gave him a huge deal onside kick he's on the hands team ball rolling his way and he's like nah not worth it to me um what do you do if you're the giants
1: Well, I mean, I guess I just say the uh, if you want to put it on the egregious scale, it wasn't as bad as Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. You know, that was was the stinking Super Bowl uh, game on the line. That was much worse uh, when he wouldn't go down after that football. So I guess if you put it in context that way, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, But, you know, I think with the way the season's gone, um, you know, I I don't think – I'll put it this way. I don't think he's the only player – of his caliber that would have made that decision as bad as it looked i don't think he's alone in that thought
5: i don't know man like if if uh, for a guy who is celebrated for having this ridiculous ability to grab any football to not offer up even even a one-handed effort at it to go nah not worth it to me after signing a huge deal I, that that would not sit that would that would, would not sit well with me when I was a New York Giant player. Let alone somebody uh, in ownership who's writing that check every week.
1: Yeah, well, the, the truth of it is that there is going to be a massive overhaul with this roster, I would think, before too long. And the people that would be upset with him uh, probably going to be more the veteran guys on that team that that have been around and know that you know that's not how you handle your business. But a lot of those guys aren't going to be there. I mean, it's going to be a whole new group. So yeah, I'm just telling you, as bad as it looked. Um, no. I don't think it's going to have much impact going forward.
5: I'm with you, by the way, on the Cam Newton thing, right? Down six in the Super Bowl, ball on the ground, like what, you know, like I could get hurt. Okay, it's the Super Bowl. they probably never have another shot at it. Speaking of Carolina, they fire their defensive staff after he throws four picks. Is that what was wrong with the Carolina Panthers?
1: No, I mean, look, their defense is not at the level that it's been previously, but I thought that was just kind of you got to shake something up, and that was maybe the low-hanging fruit for them. They felt like um, that were expendable, but the issues are Cam turned the ball over as much as he did. That's where you start. You got to be better there. Um, they've got, you know, look, they need more weapons on the outside. They need defensively. They're no, nowhere near what that Super Bowl defense looked like. So, you know, like they've lost several games in a row, Doug. And it looks right now, if they don't get this thing turned around, uh it's not going to be position coaches. They're going to be gone. It's going to be a whole new coaching staff. So. I think that was just trying to shake things up, and uh, we'll see if it, if it works. But there are more issues than just on that side of the ball.
5: Uh, Rams taking on the Bears this weekend. Um, it, it's it's going to be cold. I mean, it's not going to be, like, snowy and or the fog bowl, whatever, but it's going to be cold, and the Bears going to get Mr. Trubisky back. He's off their injury reports. That means he will be a go, and it's the style of offense, same offense, essentially, that Kansas City had that had success against them in that great Monday night football game. Um, what are your thoughts on the Rams trying to go and win in Chicago?
7: I like the Bears
1: uh, in this one. I, I really do. I think it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, this, this offensive line who has been playing great, you have seen some signs of some some leakage there. And the Bears, I think they'll have a chance to uh, to win that battle up front defensively. And then you look on the other side of the ball, um, I think if Trubisky's out there and healthy, I think even with uh, some of the guys returning on the back end, I think they'll have some some holes down the field. So I actually like the Bears
5: to win that game. Um, okay, then let's go to the Chiefs. As the Chiefs now, more bad news for the Chiefs is Sammy Watkins sustained some sort of injury to his uh, surgically repaired foot. And so they signed Kelvin Benjamin, who, uh, blazing speed Kelvin Benjamin, a lot like Tyree <laughs> <Kel>. <laughs> Um And they're still dealing, you know, reeling with the loss of, of Kareem Hunt. I know you're going to get a chance to see them against the Chargers Thursday. But they got a battle yeah. with the Ravens, a franchise that you've been a part of a team that's found a way to win a couple games of late. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs now, one week removed from, uh, from the awful news about Kareem Hunt in the offseason and getting rid of him?
1: Well, this game would scare the, the crap out of me, to put it uh, bluntly, if I, were, if I were the Chiefs, because two things with this Ravens team. Number one, if you're looking to try and slow down an offense, an explosive offense, there's really two ways to do it. Number one, uh, you have the bodies up front to dominate with your four-man rush and still be able to stop the run. Well, the Ravens can do that with a whole host of guys they roll through there uh, very deep and they're very, very stout at the point of attack. So they fit that description. The other way you slow down an offense like that, you keep them off the field. You you run the heck out of the football. And with Lamar Jackson, that's the style of game they're playing. So they can limit possessions uh, on one side of things, and on the other side of things they can get after you up front. So uh, this this is a scary game for the Chiefs. Obviously everybody's pointing to that Charger game next week. Uh, but they're going to have their hands full with the Ravens.
5: Um, I feel like the Saints are going to have their hands full with the Buccaneers. Am I crazy?
1: No, because, you know, look, they can, they can put up a bunch of points. They've already got them uh, earlier this year. Uh, and then we'll see what happens with the weather. I think the last I saw was supposed to be pretty rainy. So uh, that that could be something to keep an eye on there. And it's the division. That division, especially that division, those teams know each other so well, and and you kind of throw everything out when they get out there. So, If Jameis Winston does not turn the ball over, they've got a shot.
5: Um, As he played, it seems like he's played a lot better. Some of it is just a little luck and fortune, but actually watching the All Twenty Two, has he played better?
1: He has, for the most part. You know, with Jameis, it's never been it's never been physical. It's always been decision making, and it's been decision making. You know, both on and off the field that have got him in, in trouble. And now we've seen these last couple games when he's making good decisions, he can make every throw. I mean, for a guy with a big strong arm, he can really layer the ball and, and show some touch and make some really impressive throws. He's just got to avoid trying to jam balls in and, and avoid the turnovers. And he's done a nice job of that the last couple of weeks. So I think this is a big challenge for him. If he can kind of keep going, like he's going, uh, it'd be a huge relief to that organization because they can, uh, they can go forward with him as their guy.
5: Texans have won nine in a row. This thing all started because the Colts decided to go for it on their own 43-yard line overtime instead of punting and playing for the tie when the thing was, was just about wrapped up. Colts come off an absolute stinker, DJ. They were awful yeah. offensively against the, the, the same Jaguars team we saw give up last night. Um, what are the chances the Colts go into Houston and get a win? I
1: right, think they've got a shot. Um, you know, the big thing is going to be can they block Houston. Uh, that that to me is the key to that whole game. This this Colts offensive line is so much better. Um, but you know, that's that's a big challenge with those guys coming off the edge. So they were right there with them. what was it like it was in the high thirties, I think, thirty seven, thirty four, something like that, the first time they played. Uh I, I do think if they can protect, they're gonna be able to move the ball and score a bunch of points. I think we could have a, a another shootout in this one as long as that protection holds up. Uh but Houston at home, I, I like Houston. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see a whole different offense. That Last week, every now and then, 16-game season, Doug, you have you lay an egg every now and then. Last week was their egg.
5: All right. Uh, the the uh, Philadelphia Eagles almost laid an egg against the Giants. They survived. They beat the Redskins last week. So now they won two in a row. They still got to go to L.A., take on the Rams, still got the Texans, then the Redskins on the road. That one looks like a win. But But a loss here would essentially end their season, right, or make it very, very difficult, at least to win. They couldn't win the division, most likely. Can the Cowboys... Can the Cowboys continue this?
1: I think. Look, it's it's interesting. You know, I talking to talking to folks in Philadelphia in that organization about you know how they feel about things. And the thing that has them encouraged right now is the offensive line starting to come together uh, and, and, and kind of win that line of scrimmage. So that to me, this Dallas Cowboys defense that's been playing outstanding. You know, it'll be interesting to see what Philadelphia does stylistically in this game. You know, Doug Peterson normally likes to come out. Try and throw it all over the place. Well, they've been terrible to start football games. Uh, Their first quarter offense has been awful. I wouldn't be shocked in this one if you saw the Eagles come out and try and just go downhill. Those the speed at linebacker that the Cowboys have, you know, trying to negate that by just running right at them. So I I think it'll be. I think this is going to be one of the more physical games of the weekend. I can't wait for it. All
5: right, last one is the game you'll be at, which is Chargers taking on the Bengals, which. You know, the Bengals don't have their quarterback. They don't have A.J. Green. They are they have historically one of the worst defenses, maybe the worst defense in the history of the sport. But meanwhile, the Chargers have a game Thursday that they care about. They came off a game Sunday that they cared about. This game's one which everyone expects them to win by a couple touchdowns. Any chance that they get caught looking ahead?
1: You know, I just left the facility and uh, was talking with Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, and he uh, he brought up a great point. Cause I kind of was talking similarly as you were, you know, how you make sure these guys are focused, coming off last week and not looking ahead. And he said all he had to do was show them a, a cut-up of Joe Mixon's explosive plays. And he said we grabbed everybody's attention pretty quick. Uh, so I know they don't have Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, but there's still some players, especially those two running backs, uh, that can give you some trouble. So you, you, better, uh, you better show up. They, they, they should have learned their lesson against the Broncos when they had the Broncos dead to rights and did not put them away. And uh, it kind of saved the Broncos' season, as we've seen. So yeah. they, they've got to come out and jump on this Bengals team right from the, right from the start.
5: Yeah. No, it's, it's be By the way, uh, 33 Derwin James, how good?
1: He's unbelievable, man. I, I, again, I was talking with, with Gus about him, and just every week he can he shows you a different aspect of his game and just uh, the the versatility he allows you as a defensive play caller to use kind of as a chess piece to take this away or that away uh, each and every week. I mean, he's, you can't say enough. I think he's got a chance to be – he might be a first-team All-Pro. Forget to forget the Pro Bowl. He might be an All-Pro his rookie year. That's
5: filthy, filthy stuff. Daniel Jeremiah, download the uh, uh, Move the Sticks podcast. Check him out on the NFL Network or listen to him on the the Chargers broadcast. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks,
3: bud.
5: My uh, pleasure is all mine. Here's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports. Radio. Let's take you to Dan Byer. Get an update. What's up, Dan? That,
3: that was that was one I could just never get with the NFL draft because in the couple of years, and I know Derwin James was injured at Florida State, but when he was healthy, he was considered a top five guy. I mean, I mean, he really was. And for him to drop that far down and and be there for the Chargers right in their lap, uh, pretty amazing. And
5: yeah, uh, I mean, look, so the one that surprised people, I thought, was when Cleveland went with Denzel Ward. He's a good player. It's a good player, but. Uh, the, the versatility of what Derwin James has, that one was surprising. Look, Roquan Smith's a talented uh linebacker, just you know, he's a modern day linebacker. Um Quentin Nelson, this is a good draft.
3: Yeah, it's an amazing McGlinchey,
5: draft. McGlinchy was very good at San Francisco. Uh you know
3: the Van cool Der Esch? Back, I mean uh, dropping to the Cowboys. Layton Vanderesh dropping yeah. to the Cowboys.
5: Yeah, so um I mean look, but yeah Derwin James dropped all the way to seventeen And uh, I I can't tell you enough about uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Buffalo um, or why Oakland drafted Colton Miller. Uh, I know they wanted to change their offensive line. Um, Marcus Davenport's been good with the Saints. I think that was a little bit of a reach, though, and they moved up, obviously, to get that that draft pick. I don't know. Tom Telesco killed it uh, there. But, you know, and Minka Fitzpatrick even. Like, look, Minka Fitzpatrick's a good player. Derwin James is better. Derwin James is special. I think that's where um, the Dolphins... The Dolphins swung and missed. Mike Tannenbaum, I think, took a guy from Alabama that he trusted
3: more than uh, from FSU. Yeah, it just was one of those things that just had, had me scratching my head during draft day and throughout the process last year. Anyway, you were talking Chargers. No Melvin Gordon ruled out Sunday against the Bengals. Of course, they've got a short week for Week 15 with that matchup against the Chiefs in Kansas City on Thursday. Now, Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Watkins reportedly had a setback in practice with his foot injury. Likely to be doubtful for the game against the Ravens, Kansas City Star says that Watkins could miss four to six weeks because of the injury. Ravens officially uh, released their injury report. Joe Flacco questionable for the game, even though he practiced fully today with his hip injury. Mitchell Trubisky off the injury report and into the starting lineup. He'll start for the Bears against the Rams coming up on Sunday night. Jets linebacker Darren Lee has been suspended four games for violating the NFL's policy for substance abuse some notes in college football former old Miss head coach Hugh Freeze the new head football coach at Liberty Jeff Collins leaving Temple for the Georgia Tech job while Kansas running back Puka Williams was suspended indefinitely following his arrest on suspicion of domestic violence no Joel Embiid for the Sixers tonight out against the Pistons to rest Doug Doug Gottlieb
5: show here on Fox Sports Radio uh, coming up next is Kyler Murray going to be a first round pick in the NFL One expert thinks so. I'll give you my thoughts next.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
5: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We got a hell of a show for you today here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Really good stuff. Music aside,
6: really good stuff.
5: (laughs) Every day this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now.
6: (laughs) What does Fox say?
5: We talked a lot about Kyler Murray yesterday and this whole idea that you should play baseball because you get paid more longer than football and why that is actually not correct if you're a first-round draft pick. How high will he go? Here's Todd McShay on the Dan Patrick Show.
8: I would actually take
9: him in the first round. I really would. I think the league is trending towards what he is. And I know he's, I've stood next to him. I'm guessing he's just shy of 5'10. But, you know, we've seen guys now who are shorter. They're coming in the league. The league is just more spread out. And it's not about standing, you know, in the pocket and making the same kind of throws that you had to make even
7: five, seven years ago. I think he fits today's NFL with quick processing, quick release. And then unbelievable athleticism to extend plays and to create
9: with his feet.
5: That's where, you know, it's it's funny. I, we talk about this in basketball all the time, off air more than on air. It's like, hey, I'm not sure Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan today. know, he just, that's not the way, uh, th- that's not the way you play anymore. Like he's a, he was a center, sort of power forward, but nobody scores in the low post or even the mid post, but barely, you know? and he was a a great rebounder a good shot blocker but just people don't play through their post the way they used to and you know would would a Drew Bledsoe who was kind of a statue back there would he be the quarterback he was today i will say this though the league is trending to getting faster more agile more athletic who's had the best seasons this year right who who who's who is uh, what quarterbacks are still having incredible success? Phillip Rivers is not a good athlete. Like, remarkably not a good athlete. I mentioned he started, I don't know, 203 consecutive, 204 consecutive games in a Chargers uniform. Like, is he having a good year? Yeah. Um. Yes, Pat Mahomes is athletic, but he also has a huge arm and he's a big dude. Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Andrew Luck's really athletic but he's also really big. Tom Brady still having a hell of a year. Andrew Luck's 6 foot 4. So, while you do need to process quickly and he has that, while you do need a good arm and he has that and he has incredible athleticism. 1 GM described him to me as Doug Flutie with Mike Vick's athleticism. I still think he's tiny. Now, would somebody take a shot? Probably, which is why if I was him, I wouldn't close the door on football because the football money in the first round is fully guaranteed. And you're in the NFL. Whereas in Major League Baseball, when you get drafted and you got $5 million up front, one, I think he only gets that money if he does full-time baseball. And two, he's not guaranteed to be in the Major Leagues for a couple of years. And even once you get there, you don't get paid real money till your fourth year. Believe it or not, football actually can be, at the quarterback position, especially a better gig than baseball. Ah!
4: What does the say?
5: Yes, Ryan Music.
2: Do you think the NFL would ever progress to the point where they start to protect quarterbacks even outside of the pocket? Because with someone like Kyler Murray, we see it with Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz last year. The worry is still that... Lamar Jackson? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, that these guys... You're protected when you're in the pocket, which is why we see a Tom Brady and a Phillip Rivers be so effective, even at their age and their lack of athleticism. How do you, how do you protect them? I don't, I mean, literally, it's like what they do in practice. Like I'm not saying you actually put a different color jersey on, but just, hey, quarterbacks, you can't hit them below. the Right, just expand it beyond the pocket, because right now they have restrictions on what you can do but to they can,
5: them. They, those guys can still—they're allowed to slide and can't be touched when they slide. It's still really hard. It's just— You put yourself in harm's way. And a lot of times, here's what's interesting. A lot of times, guys that are good out of the pocket, they get hurt, one, non-contact, or two, they get hurt not necessarily scrambling around, but sometimes just scrambling around in their pocket, right? They're trying to stay in there. Could they? Yes. But I think then you would kind of get to the heart and core of what football's about. You still need to be able to tackle guys. You still need to make it fair. People still do like to see defense.
2: Because that's ultimately what the issue is with Kyler Murray, right? Like no one's saying he's not athletic or anything. But well, it's like also being, can you see
5: over the offensive line, right? But like, like offensive linemen are six in the NFL. You're talking six five to six seven. Like those are big dudes. You're gonna they're gonna have a lot of bad uh, balls batted down. You just build a wall, and make them throw over it. I think he would struggle.
2: But relying on the speed and the athleticism yes. doesn't really l- work long term for anyone.
5: Nope. Nope. But he's a much better thrower and has much. he's much better at processing defense than, like, Lamar Jackson was last year. And, and, and he's built a little bit thicker than Lamar is. You know, that was the concern with Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, people were like, well, Teddy Bridgewater's body won't hold up. And then, of course, his knee completely explodes. Nick Wright uh, co-hosts First Things First. This was their discussion on the Patriots earlier today.
3: I don't know that anyone... From this moment forward, we'll go to Foxborough and win a football game. I also don't know that the Pats can beat any decent to above average team on the road. And the Dolphins, we can poke fun at Ryan Tannehill, they're six and six, mm-hmm. they're one game back in the playoffs. Now, I don't think Dolphins are a good, very good team, they might not even be a good team. But in today's NFL, they are in that meaty middle of average. It, you know who's also in there? The Titans, mm-hmm. who whooped the Patriots right. on the road, or the, the, the Lions, who are below that. The Jags are well below that, teams that beat New England. When New England had to go to their building,
5: Uh yeah. I mean, look, all that is fair. The Titans did whoop them, but if you go back and you go back and look, uh, that was Sony Michelle had just gotten back, and also I believe in that game they didn't have Rob Gronkowski. Um, look, we'll find out here if the Patriots can beat a decent team on the road, whether it's the Dolphins this week or the Steelers next week. But what's amazing about the Patriots is here they sit. In spite of the fact they lost to the Lions, the Jaguars, two non-playoff teams, and the Titans. Here they sit at 9-3. and 9-3. and three. And with a couple of breaks, dude, there's a shot they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs again. Like, legit shot. You know? Legit shot. Because Kansas City's going to play the Chargers. If the Chargers can beat Kansas City, and somebody can get the Texans between now and then, and... Uh, you know, I, the, the Texans, by the way, in head-to-head, they finished the same record. The Patriots beat the Texans earlier this year. Texans uh, have to have, still have to go to Philadelphia. We'll see what they do against the Colts. But it's not out of their own possibility that as much as I don't think anyone thinks this is a classically great Patriots team, you're still going to have to go through Foxborough in order to get to a Super Bowl. And that's what the Fox said.
0: Ah, what does the Fox say?
5: All right, coming up next, speaking of the Titans, they got a big win. They did, in fact, whoop the Patriots. We'll ask a former Patriot what he thinks of his team. But more than anything, um, did they feel like the, the Jags quit last night? Feel like they quit last night. If that's what it felt like watching on TV, I don't know what it was like in in person. Logan Ryan will be our guest. Plus, I got my five picks for NFL games. Uh, I'm going to have to pick Army-Navy as well, which that one's kind of just a... Well, I, I, I do have some a thought process in it. And and why Carmelo will not ever be a Laker. That's all upcoming next in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox
6: Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What I'm going to say is, and I know this is a shocker if you've listened to my show for the last 15 years. Bit of a counter opinion to that. That's commonly held. Hope you're getting ready for a great weekend, man. Uh, there's weather in some parts of the country. We had a ridiculous amount of rain. We had three inches of rain at my house yesterday. But um, look, I'm not complaining. I live in Southern California. And after three inches of rain, the next day, there's no smog, no fog. And you look out and uh, you look at at the mountains are covered with the white stuff. It is Amazing, absolutely amazing today. So it's kind of that hope springs eternal, and um, uh, just kind of the way in which I try and look at the world, right? Which is like, hey, after the storm, that's that's when we really kind of start getting to work. But the one thing I've I've thought, and some of this is a Homer call. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that, but some of it is the reality. I take my Trout, and there is there there is something that we. We usually give the MVP in sports to the guy who has the best season with the best teams. Mookie Betts won the MVP this year, right? Now, my point has always been like, not only is it Mookie Betts, but you got J.D. Martinez. You got this incredible lineup. Plus, you got a little bandbox ballpark where it's easier to accrue stats. But the other part to it is, you ever been on a losing team? You ever been on a bad team? A really bad team? I have. And it was the hardest thing I ever went through. My entire life, I don't play a bad team. We had an AAU team growing up. We were never bad. We we might not have won championships and won the, but we never went home before the playoffs, and we didn't go home in the first round of the playoffs. In high school, my freshman year, we went to the CIF semifinals. That's like the southern section, which has more schools in it than any other state, as in any other division. Uh, My sophomore year, we weren't great. We were much younger, but we still won, I don't know, 18, 19 games, 20 games. High school basketball is a lot. Junior year won more. Senior year won a ton. And then I, I, you know, all the while I'm playing AU basketball. If I played football, I played on one bad football team. I told the guys a story about this. I was in eighth grade. I, I, I kind of got called out of early football retirement. I was going to take the year off and get ready for high school football. And midway through the year, a team asked me to play quarterback. Came back played play quarterback for my old team. We didn't win a game. We actually didn't get to play our last game because we got into a fight, or we didn't get into a fight. The parents got into a fight um, after at the end of a game. But that was really the only experience I ever had with a losing team. I go to college. I play Notre Dame, and we were 9 and 18. Um, nine and 18. So I I just think, you know, look, I, I believe that the hardest thing you're going to do is compete and compete the right way when you're losing. Now, when you're young and I was a freshman, Notre Dame, I remember, look, I'm still every game trying to win. I just want to win every game. But the older you are, the more you got agendas and guys trying to look. I'm just going to get my numbers here. We stink. It doesn't matter. We're going to lose. Going to get my numbers. It's one of the things I've always marveled about Mike Trout. He hadn't been on a good team in a couple years here with the, with the Angels, and yet his effort is always the same. His production's always the same. And I know it's not the team sport that football or basketball is, but that, to me, impresses me. I watched the Jaguars last night, and I was, I was really bothered. Anybody can have a great year when your team is great. But can you have a good, can you keep competing and keep fighting when the playoffs are not a possibility or not even a likelihood? And we saw from the Titans, the answer is yes. And from the Jaguars, the answer was no, a resounding no. It felt like they quit. And no one wants to use the Q word in professional sports, especially football. That's what it felt like. Titans had a huge all-around game last night, uh, led by Logan Ryan's team-leading seven tackles. Plus, he had a huge sack. He continues to lead all NFL cornerbacks in sacks and tackles. Of course, he's hoping for that Pro Bowl nod. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How satisfying is it to get a win on a Thursday and now have a weekend off?
8: Oh, man, it's great. There's there's no better, you know, way to do it. Um, But... For, for us the position we're in it's surviving advance that, that's how we're approaching it so uh regardless whether we have work tomorrow or not we, we're trying to win at any means necessary and i think we've had our backs against the wall for a couple weeks now and we're playing some some good football so we don't mind the position we're in
5: um okay did, did it feel like to you that in your just in your opinion that they quit
8: no i, I you know I, you're talking about again professional athletes and and uh, I can't say Leonard Fournette quit. I can't say Cody Kessler quit out there. I think those guys were playing. I just think uh, we did a good job winning up front. And we did a good job winning in trenches. And when we play Jacksonville, we're, we're two similar teams. We, we, we have some really good defenses. We take pride in our defense. We run the ball. We, we have some powerful running backs. And we knew we had all, all hands on deck to stop uh, Leonard Fournette last night. We knew that. And uh, I don't know what they try to do to stop Derrick Henry. They didn't do a good job of it. And that was the difference in the game.
5: Um, all right, Beast Mode's run or Derrick Henry's run, which is better?
8: Man, uh, I remember watching Beast Mode's run back in the day. But uh, Derrick Henry, just because, um, you know, if I run 99 yards, well, even with maybe one stiff arm, I'm going to get a little tired. And Derrick has about 50 pounds on me. And he had about six stiff arms in there and was able to pull away from some DBs. So that just shows his athleticism. And I, I think it was the greatest runner I've ever I've ever seen. I think it was the greatest night I've seen from, from a, a single player. And I think it's a testament of Derek. Um, he, he said earlier in the year that he didn't like how he was playing. He took a lot of criticism and blame. He splitting carries with Deion Lewis. We have two really good backs. And, uh, you know, Derek, he didn't point the finger. He didn't want to. He didn't ask for a trade. He didn't do what a lot of people want to do nowadays, which is quit or find a way out or find an excuse. He kind of put on himself and worked harder. And I was happy he had the night that he had uh, because we know he's capable of that. But uh, he really bet on himself, and I'm just proud of him. And I think uh, he really deserved everything he had last night.
5: Logan Ryan joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Where were you during the run? Were Were you on the bench and looking up at the big screen? Were you on the sideline watching it happen? Where were you when that took place?
8: Yeah, I was on the bench. I was on the bench to start, and then when he started pulling away, I got up and I was running down with him. And uh, it was nuts, man. The stadium erupted, and it was, it was a game It was a game changer. It was a game changer. Momentum had swung at that point because we, we just stopped them on fourth down on the one-yard line, and they went for it four times on the one, and we stopped them. And so that's a huge swinging point, and then we had one play for 99 yards. And the, the things kind of started getting rolling uh, from that point on.
5: What is the energy like in the huddle or, you know, and guys, teams don't huddle like they used to, but like you said, fourth and one in your own stadium, you guys are fighting to try and stay alive in the playoffs. Like, what is that energy like when you get a stop?
8: It's huge, man. We have a lot of pride and um it's a lot of focus because you just want to make sure that you're covering your guy, you know, you don't want him to to do some trick play and you're not you know you're so amped up you're not doing your job so we're the number one red area defense in football we're one of the top scoring defenses in football um, so we take a lot of pride anytime anyone gets in the red area to hold them a three or, or 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 get a change of down and uh, that's what it was they, they were testing our ranking there and, and we're, we're the best in the business at that down there and uh, we took pride in it and I think a lot of guys stepped up and made no plays. We stopped him four times within the five yard line.
5: Mike Brabel, obviously your new head coach, dude gets on the chest protector and starts lining up okay. with dudes before before the game. How do you guys honestly? What do you guys say about that?
8: Yeah, well, you don't you don't see him line up too many routes on us and get open anymore, though. I do tell him that. Uh, but um, you know that, that that's Braves. He's a fiery coach. Uh, he's a former player. He's a coach that's going to tell you and demand you demand what he wants from you, but he's also going to show you how to do it. And he's going to tell these he tells these D linemen, you know, to keep their hands inside and, and make and have a rising punch. And uh, he's going to put on a chest pad and, and, and allow you to punch him in the chest. So I just think um, he, he's a born leader. He was a leader as a player. He's won championships as a player, and he's and he's a great leader as a coach. He's definitely a leader of men. And he's not afraid to, to demonstrate or show. Not afraid to get his hands dirty, as you see.
5: You, you know, one of the things that impresses uh, me about you playing for the Titans is they seem to know how to use you, right? Like, you know, uh, I, you know, you, you you go back to when you were with the the Patriots. Sometimes you'd bring in guys that were talented elsewhere. They couldn't fit in with the Patriots, or you, people can't fit in elsewhere because you got a man schemes, and the guy's a zone corner, or a zone corner when the guy's man schemes. Whereas they use you uh, down around the line of scrimmage. They blitz you a lot. You're a great tackler in space, and, and they put you in position to be successful. That's, it's, it's no secret. Like You're leading all corners and sacks and tackles because they're putting you in the right spot. How important, truthfully, is that? That's not just about getting playing time. It's about getting playing time and in in being used in the right way.
8: I, I think the best thing about this defense is I have a lot of talented players around me. And I, I pride myself. I have a very unique skill skill set. I think I'm one of the most versatile defenders, corners, in football. Um, when Keenan Allen comes to town, I'm covering Keenan Allen. When uh, Hopkins comes to town in, in, in two receiver sets, I'm covering DeAndre Hopkins. And then when we have three receiver stuff, I go into the slot, and I cover all the slot receivers. And um, and they, I blitz a lot, and I get to be around the ball and make a lot of communication to get tackled. So, I, I pride myself on being a good man-to-man player. I pride myself on covering some of the big-name guys. But then at the same time, when Josh Gordon comes to town, uh, Dory Jackson is able to cover Josh Gordon. And we have Malcolm Butler as well able to win his matchup. So we think that we have three good corners. We think we have three number-one corners. And when guys come to town, we're able to match them up uh, how we see fit. And I'm able to do my thing in the slot and, and, and really help us on third down, help us in the red area, which we're ranked really high and limit all the production in the slot route when Cole Beasley comes to town and guys like that. And if we're able to win on the outside as well, there's there's not too many places. And then you throw in our our blitz scheme, that d defense. It allows me, it allows Kevin Byard, it allows Lovie to to get around the ball and make plays.
5: Um, Your your cleats for your cause were cat and dog themed, Nickelodeon. And I know you do a lot of things. I just saw on Twitter, uh, you know, doing things for the Ryan Animal Rescue Foundation. The big question I have is, are you a cat guy or a dog guy?
8: <laughs> I'm both, but I'm I'm a, I'm gonna keep it honest with you. I have three dogs and no cats, so I'm, I'm a dog guy for sure.
5: I love animals. Kind of kind uh, of dogs. What kind of dogs?
8: Oh, I'm a pit bull. A pit bull advocate. I love pit bulls. I have two. Um, they're great. Great dogs around my. Great dogs for my kids. That's uh, awesome, man. They have a ter- a terrible reputation that we're trying to change. But yeah, I like the big, drooly mouth, big headed pit bulls.
5: Um, what are their names? Dogs' names?
8: I have three dogs. My two bulls, I have a a, a big bull named Leo. I have a, a blind bull completely blind, named Julius. And then I have a puggle who runs the show, and her name is Nala. Living and, that uh,
5: living, living that pug cast. living that pug life. I'm just wondering if you spent more times on your kids' names or your dog names, because I would tell you for us it was about split. Like my dog, but just you know, my dog's name is Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. Uh, it's a wow. yeah. It's it's a it's a sheep doodle. which has got big flowing hair, and um, yeah. yeah. So that's why we went with Odell. Plus, he's my my son's favorite player up up until last week when he bailed on the onside kick. He was my son's favorite. <laughs>
9: wow.
8: Yeah. Uh, you know, our, all our names are really well thought out. Kids and dogs. You know, Leonardo. He's a blue. He's a blue pit bull, and he's named after the Ninja Turtle. Nice. The blue Ninja Turtle, Leonardo, because he has a big Ninja Turtle head. And uh, we rescued Julius and that was his name. He already had that name. And we named Nala when she was a puppy. She looked like a little lion cub uh, from Lion King, uh, like Nala. So that's what we went with for the, for the dog's names. They're all you know off of cartoons and things I grew up liking to watch.
5: And uh, yeah, we're going with that. Um, last thing, and, and you know, we haven't had Jan since. What was it like to not just he hasn't just beat the Patriots to throttle the Patriots? You got several <laughs> former Patriots on the coaching staff and on the roster in the defensive backfield. What was it like to get that win?
8: You know, it was really good. It was good because it showed us um, what type of team we have, what we're capable of, when we lock in on, on all three phases. And it was a complete win, and uh, defensively we played great. Our offense moved the ball, special teams. It was just clicking, and it was fun to make, you know, fun to cover Edelman. We, we had went at it in practice for years and butted heads and loved to play with them. You hate to play against them, so I was happy to play against them in a slot. Again, So that was a good matchup for me and, and him. And it, it was just fun, man. I have a lot of respect, and there was a lot of handshakes and hugs. Some championships won together. But, you know, you know we had to move on it's a business. And, uh, you know, I feel like they're happy for me, and, and I'm obviously happy to get that win. But it was a good win for us. We needed it at that point. I uh, Still do. And, and, and we know, man, the, play, the Patriots are a title-contending team every year, a playoff team. And we know what type of team we have, man. Like I said, our back's against the wall. We're surviving in advance. But we want to get in that dance, and we know that, you know, we can play with those type of teams. So um, I think it was a good a good test for us. And uh, it's, always, it's always a good chess match playing against Tom Brady. So I was fortunate be able to play against him, play against uh, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, you know, some of those guys in my career. and You always got to tighten your game as a corner when you play against quarterbacks
5: like that. You got a big week with charity, December 8th, 10th, and 11th. You got three amazing charity events, one for pets and animals, one for underserved kids, one for military veterans. He does it all. Follow him on Twitter, Logan Ryan of the Tennessee Titans. Logan, enjoy the weekend with your with your dogs and with your kids. Thanks for joining us and congrats on the win from Fox Sports Radio.
8: Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having
5: me. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, From one current player to a former player, former offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz joins the show upcoming next. How are the Rams going to move the ball or just protect Jared Goff against that Bears defensive front? We'll discuss next.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: In sports, a trade can make a breaker team. It's no different when it comes to selling or trading your car. You need to make good choices. And with True Car, you got a star in your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash offer, not available in all areas. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Ooh, I am for real. Uh, I got a lot to get to, man. Ton. ton. Uh, pretty simple Pretty simple explanation why Carmel Anthony will not be a Laker. That upcoming plus my picks. First, let's bring in Jeff Schwartz. Played in the offensive line in the National Football League for eight years. He hosts Pac-12 today on Sirius XM Channel 373, and he works for the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz to see his disrespect, disrespectful blocks. How much of that ninety-nine yard run was disrespectful blocks? How much of it was Derrick Henry, and how much of it was the Jacksonville Jaguars quitting?
9: Uh, it wasn't. There, there was one really good block by the tight end. If you look on, on the screen, he it has it got like twenty yards downfield. The, the the wing defense, the wing uh, player in that formation. But a lot of it was this Derrick Henry and Jacksonville kind of not want to be there. Look, I, look. The, the first one kind of made sense right you have Derek Henry like 245 250 going against AJ Bouvier I, I understand where that mismatch is but then you had that linebacker trying to tackle him it, it didn't seem like he gave much of everything. he got not only did he miss a tackle Henry shoved him across his body on the ground then Miles Jack looked like he didn't really want to tackle as well so it's a combination of all those Jacksonville looked bad last night for a team that talks all that on, on defense um they haven't been able to back it up much
5: this year. Yeah, exception the, the Colts game the week before. It wasn't to me. It wasn't as much that as much as look. He wasn't. Derrick Henry's fast for a man his size, but he's not a blur. And if you're shedding tacklers, you're not running at full speed. There are plenty of guys like a you know like Ramsey who have have an angle and offered no effort to go and take a shot at his legs and just or push him out of bounds. None of that was done. That's where I feel like it was a collective quit.
9: It was and, and Ramsey, we saw him kind of give up on that. And even, you know, Terrell Thomas, who can play the NFL, was trying to on Twitter too, to, to the conversation about he made a business decision he did. But the problem is when you call everyone when you say everyone sucks and everyone is this and that and and, and you're talking about guys on you know on the game during the game while you're losing like to the Bills, um, then you're gonna have to take the backlash for not giving your effort all the time. It's it's what Jacksonville is right now, it's why the rumors came out. About them wanting to trade them because they're tired of it.
5: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Jeff Schwartz, played offensive line. Of course, his brother's a, a Pro Bowl candidate, offensive line with the Kansas City Chiefs. How much different are they going to be as we see them in the stretch run now? Now, they lose their running back uh, who gets cut last week because of you know the off the field incident, but now Sammy Watkins hurt his foot and they're going to replace him on some level with Ben with uh, Kelvin Benjamin. I
9: don't, I don't really see where that's a, an apples to apples comparison. I mean. I, I was shocked to see the signing going on. It doesn't really fit much of what Kansas City does, unless they're just hoping for a big body guy that can make some plays in the red zone. You know, they don't really have, outside of Kelsey, they don't have like a big wide receiver to go to to kind of go get a ball if you have to go get it. Um, and if the Ravens try to take away Kelsey, there's no other option for that in the red zone. So maybe that was their thinking. He's going to be a more of a red zone wide receiver, just go up and try to catch the ball, which. He doesn't really do very well anyway. So the loss of Watkins probably hurts him a little bit more than does Hunt. They have some some running backs, and plus, they're a passing team first. I mean, they run the ball as an accessory item. So losing Watkins now um, it's another weapon. And we know Andy Reid, he loves nothing more than these interchangeable parts, guys that can play left and right, get motion all over the place, and disguise things. And without Watkins, it takes away some of that ability.
5: Um. The, the the Steelers have a big lead and lose to the Chargers. Was that come back and win more about the Chargers or about the Steelers?
9: It was both. And I will say this. I am like anti-blame officials for losses. And even in this situation, I you know, the Steelers did blow a lead. But, I mean, there were two direct blown calls with the touchdowns. We don't see that very often where it happened. It has happened twice in a Chargers game this year. One referee got fired after the game because of a, of a blown call. So you know, you take those points away, obviously the, the game is different. But the Steelers, look, they, they seem to thrive in chaos. And this year just hasn't really been the same. Uh, they've had the chaos but haven't really thrived. it. now they go to Oakland, they'll beat the Raiders. I think the game will be closer than people think. But they got to win to keep pace with Baltimore. Um, and, you know, Baltimore's is really fascinating. They, they are – an unsustainable offense, but they're playing really bad run defenses. They played the 28th, the 29th, and the 31st uh, worst run defenses in the NFL, and they go to play the Chiefs, who are 32nd. So it works right now, but I would not count the Ravens as they are built right now with Lamar Jackson quarterback to make the playoffs.
5: Oh no, no, I'm I'm with you, but they do have this matchup, and then the Chiefs have this thing where they're like, all right, we lose Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, we survived the race, and they got their bigger game is Thursday night against the, the Chargers. Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, part of the deal with the Action Network is you tell people who they should bet on. Who do you like in that game?
9: Well, the ball, well I like Baltimore. It, think about it, you, you got to get the good number, right? So it opened at nine. I should have taken it at nine. I got it at seven. Baltimore plus seven. It's six and a half now. Six and a half is a number that it doesn't feel as good as seven, but I think this game is going to be fairly close. Uh, it lines up really well with. The formula we've seen so far uh, against teams, our teams have used, I should say, against the Chiefs, which is run the football, um, and and you can kind of keep the possessions away from Pat Mahomes. We've seen Denver do it twice so far this year. We saw the Raiders. The Raiders flush for like 217, 18 yards against the Chiefs on Sunday. So I, think the, I think the Chiefs win, but the Ravens cover that game. And then You mentioned the Steelers game. Uh, I think the Raiders plus, it's at 10 now. I got them at 11. I think the Raiders cover that.
5: Dallas taking on Philadelphia. This game could end Philadelphia's season, or at least their hopes of winning in the division. Uh, do you think Dallas continues their winning ways?
9: I think they do, and I'm not a big believer in Dallas. Um, defensively, they're, they're outstanding right now, and, and I give them all the credit for shutting down the Saints, but they only scored 13 points on offense. Uh, Dak Prescott, and we heard Troy can talk about it, is a fumbling machine, and that's not good come the playoffs when every possession feels like it counts more and things are more dialed in. Um, and I just don't trust this offense. They don't have a downfield element. Look, Amari Cooper, has two touchdowns on Thanksgiving, were both relatively short passes. I mean, the one was like 12 yards, and he, he broke three tackles and, and was gone. So that's not really something Dak is doing extraordinarily well. So their offense worries me so much. But they're playing an the Eagles team this weekend – who are just kind of the same issues as the offense. They have vertically, there's no they have no vertical element to their offense. Even Golden Tate, who's not a real vertical guy, which is fine, has not played terribly well until this past weekend. So I think Dallas wins this game, it's probably pretty close and it ends the season.
5: Indy taking on Houston. Houston's won nine in a row. This started with a game that was in overtime between the two, and Indy made the dumb decision to go for it in their own forty three when they could have just punted and taken a tie. Uh Indy laid a complete why egg. Dumb?
9: Why, why was that dumb?
5: Um, because the chances of failure, like even if, if here's the thing, if you get the first down and it wins the game, then I think you go for it. Like we've seen that even in yeah. Indianapolis with Bill Belichick, like, look, if we, if we punt it, now we got to play defense. Like, look, if we just get three yards, four yards, whatever. We get the first down, we yeah. win the game. A first down did not win them the game. First down didn't even get them necessarily in the other side of the territory in the, in the Texans' territory. Right. A first down simply got them more opportunities, whatever. Instead, like a tie is not a bad thing. Punt the ball, and it saved Houston's season. And it could be the tie that keeps the Colts out
9: of the playoffs. I'll tell you why it's not a bad decision because in that moment, right, Frank Reich is trying to build his program. He's not thinking about making the playoffs. They were one and two or one and three at that moment. Right, he's trying to to set a tone for his team. Now, looking back on it, you could say, yeah, probably he should have punted the ball, gone for the time, would help him in the playoffs. But in that moment, I think that was the right call. And, and look, they're not a playoff team yet. Look, they're getting there. They're going to be really good next year, in my opinion, especially if Luck can be healthy. Um, but in that moment, I don't think it was bad. Now looking back on it, yeah, I think it's easy to say that that they shouldn't have done it. But I, I don't think we can look at a decision like that. Um, 12 weeks later and say it was bad in the moment. I said, I it at, it I
5: just, just so you know, I, you know, I said at the time, I said, like, look, because you haven't won a game and you tie, Like, tie is not a bad thing when you haven't won. The tie feels ter- it, it, it yeah, you what, feel never, terrible. It might feel terrible, but you know what feels worse? Losing. <laughs> Losing I'll feels worse than tying. <laughs>
9: I've never played a tie. I've never played a tie. I've played a couple overtime games. It feels like both teams lose when you tie, though. I know it doesn't feel like that way in the standings. But Fine, I think both but you know, you know, what you don't, you don't
5: actually, you don't actually lose. Losing, I know, I agree. I know it doesn't feel good as winning, but it feels. Uh, Jeff Schwartz joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, Rams against the Bears. Rams offensive line is outstanding. Uh, Bears defensive front is outstanding. Yeah. Cold weather. Um, like, look, you, you grew up out in Southern California made your way to different parts, played in New York. But you know how your blood thins when you're out here. Like, Andrew Whitworth can be as tough a guy as possible. All of a sudden, it's like 35 when you've been living in L.A. feels like minus five. How do the Rams react to the Bears' defense?
9: I think I saw a stats that jerked Jared Goff as 8-0 in, in kickoffs under 60 degrees. Uh, very interesting, considering he's a you know, Southern California kid um, and went to Cal and obviously plays in L.A. now. Um, I, I think it's not that big of a deal when it's not, like, freezing. I, you know, when it's not, like, zero, I mean. You know, the wind plays a factor, definitely, in Chicago. So it could be colder with the winter. But once you get going, it's not that bad. It's when you're warming up and just kind of getting, you know, just when you land in Chicago and it's cold, walk in the hotel, it's cold. Everything's just cold. Once you start playing, it's not bad. But up until then, it does it does feel miserable. But I think this game definitely comes down to, to the line play, Um who can block Aaron Donald? Can anyone block Aaron Donald? And then on the other side, you have Hicks and Coyle Mack. The thing about Coyle Mack is, um, you know, he, he beat guys with, with speed to power often, and the Rams have two big offensive tackles. It's going to be harder, I think, for Mack this week to do what he normally does if those guys take good sets. Uh, if they take good sets, I think they'll be okay. So it comes down to blocking Hicks in that middle. Hicks is a monster. Um, and this game is going to be fabulous. I hope Trubisky plays. I think he will. Um, it could be a preview of a playoff game in a couple weeks.
5: Yeah, it should be a really, really good one. Of course, the playoff game would likely be played in Los Angeles, different weather altogether, albeit if it was played yesterday in L.A., it would have been played in a virtual swamp. His name is Jeff Schwartz. You can hear him occasionally fill in for Clay Travis and outkick kick the coverage. You can follow him on Twitter. Check out his work on the Action Network. Uh, And he's an all-around fantastic follow on Twitter. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Happy holidays and happy Hanukkah to you.
9: Same to you, Doug. Take care.
5: Let's get to Dan Byer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Dan, what do you got?
3: I can give you an answer on Mitchell Trubisky. Likely to start, yes, not even on the injury report. So he's going to return from his injured shoulder to play against the Rams coming up in Week 14 on Sunday Night Football. Sunday afternoon, Chiefs and Ravens in Kansas City. Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Watkins doubtful to go because of a foot injury. Kansas City Star reported earlier today that Watkins could miss four to six weeks because of the injury. Jets linebacker Darren Lee has been suspended for four games for violating the NFL's policy for substance abuse. Browns will be without rookie corner Denzel Ward against the Panthers because of a concussion. Titans lost tackle Jack Conklin for the rest of the regular season according to the NFL Network. He suffered a knee injury in last night's win against Jacksonville but will not need surgery. Kansas running back Puka Williams was suspended indefinitely following his arrest on suspicion of domestic violence, while former Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze is the new head football coach at Liberty. And in the NBA, Warriors and Bucks tonight, Golden State may be getting some good news. Draymond Green's been upgraded to questionable for tonight's game in Milwaukee. There was hope that Green would be able to return either Monday or Wednesday of next week, but at least upgraded tonight to be questionable He's dealing with a sprained toe on his right foot. No Joel Embiid for the Sixers tonight. He's going to rest against the Pistons, Doug. Great stuff, Dan. Dan
5: Beyer, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. On the season, on the season, 31-14 in college picks, 22 up, 22 down, one push in the pro picks, although those do not count Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football, which I would assure you I'm at least eight above Above water, eight above water. It feels it, fe- it feels like like last night. I gave you the pick, and I gave you the over. That would actually be two picks in one. I just I hate to be that guy to want to get my numbers right, but I do. With that with that in mind, let's give you five picks.
6: I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college, five on three, one two three. Five. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go five.
5: Doug Gottlieb show. Fox Sports Radio. Do, 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 do. Let's get to some of these picks, shall we? Do, do, do. Let's start in Green Bay where the Packers chose to make a coaching change. They fired their head coach. In comes the Atlanta Falcons. And I know there's not a lot to play for for Green Bay. Faint, faint playoff hopes. They're taking on the Falcons who lost at home to the Ravens. They lost to the Saints before that, the Cowboys for that, the Browns for that. They're banged up. In their sec, uh, banged up in their secondary, um, and uh, their quarterback struggles to throw the ball outdoors down the field. The Packers are only a five point favorite. This is like a bowl game. Right? You got a head coach, Joe Philbin, who's an offensive guy, and he wants to keep the job. You know what he's going to do? He's going to let Aaron Rodgers throw the football. He's going to get everything in the playbook is on the table. Give me the Packers. Lay the five points. The Cleveland Browns return home. And, uh, look, they lost to the Houston Texans, who are a good team. They're taking on the Carolina Panthers. And, uh, look, this is after they they won two consecutive games, granted against bad teams, cycle around a, a bye week. But they've been much better, much more competitive since firing Hugh Jackson. Carolina Panthers, on the other hand, are a mess, mess. They have lost four games in a row, three of which on the road. Part of it is scheduling, bad road team. They gave up 52 to the Steelers. They lost to the Lions, who stink. They lost to the Buccaneers, who stink. Now they're taking on Baker Mayfield and their favorites? I'm going to take the Browns straight up. Home dog. Let them bark. Rams taking on the Bears. Rams play the Bears, and uh, the Rams come in against a suddenly healthy Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I'm not a huge Trubisky guy long-term. I'm not. But I'm going to be interested to see what uh, what Jared Goff does in the cold, what he does against this Bears defense. Uh, look, the Bears were not good in their overtime loss to the New York Giants. With or without Trubisky, though, they had previously won five consecutive games. Good football team. Better football team at home than they are on the road. I think they keep this thing close. I think the Bears win. Home dogs, let them bark. All right, let's get to Indy taking on Houston. Indy had one, had gone off on a on a run of five consecutive wins. Here's the teams they beaten: Jets, Bills, Raiders, Jags, Titans, Dolphins. What do those teams all have in common? 500 or below. Now they take on the Texans, who they could have tied last time around. And they were awful offensively. Defense is okay, improving steadily. Texans are at home. Everybody's in on the Colts. Everybody. And their only thing they can say is, well, there's no way that the Texans win nine, the 10 in a row. Why? They don't have to win the previous nine games anymore. They just had to win one Sunday. Texans win. Texans cover. Notice the trend? Like the home teams. Yes, I do. Last one. Chargers take on the Bengals. And I know this is a game which the Chargers should overlook the Bengals. But uh, the Bengals are just awful. One of the worst defenses in the history of the sport. And their offense is without their best wide receiver and their quarterback. So you got Jeff Driscoll. Yes, that Jeff Driscoll. Florida, Louisiana Tech, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll, pretty athletic at 6'4", 233. But they just don't have the weapons. Um, you know, he's got Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, and not a lot else. And this is a really good Charger team. 14 points, not enough. I would expect the Chargers to take care of business early. Am I concerned about a backdoor cover? I am. But I also think that the Chargers thumping the Cardinals and, that, and, and how they came back against the Steelers, I'm riding the Chargers covering three consecutive games. Those are our picks. Hope you win some money. One, two, three.
6: There it is. Five NFL, Let's go five. five college, five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Boom. Is Bryce
5: Harper returning to D.C.? Find out next.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
5: Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With true price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. This is one week of uh, Christmas jams in the book, right? We just this is the only week, or is this the second week? I can't
0: remember. I believe it's the second, the first week. We started this is the first week. We started first. on Monday. It's been such <laughs> you can't even remember cause how long.
5: It does. It's <laughs> they're playing in my head. Look, I will tell you the honesty, oh, Like I told people that I, I am like the only Jewish guy I know that I love. I actually like a lot of Christmas music. I do. I don't want it all the time, but I just, I I'd, I'd like it on around the house. And um, and we have actually a player piano or a piano that has a player element to it. And we, I put that in and turn on low. And so it kind of plays Christmas songs and the piano. It's beautiful. Sometimes in like in the background of a silent house at night when we're all like reading or my kids are doing homework, but that you also, you do get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm good. Good, you know, you do the uh, the Vegas dealer thing where you turn your hands. But I'm good, all good, all good. I'm not to that point yet. So happy holidays as we continue on here. Uh, it is the one and only week of Hanukkah as well, which is slowly creeping towards the end. Hope you're having a great holiday season. Let's get you to the press.
6: The press.
5: Do 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 do. dude. Dan Beyer, by the Don way. Wanna remind you, Sunday morning, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock right. Pacific. That's A.M. Dan Bayer. Awesome show here on Fox Sports Radio. Get you,
3: yeah, we'll get you set for your fantasy playoffs or maybe your last week of your regular season. Playoffs. You know, playoffs! Week 14's always a big one. Uh, some big injuries at the NFL to talk to you about, both good and bad. Bad for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon out against Cincinnati, but maybe they want to just keep him for that Thursday night affair they've got in Week 15 against the Chiefs. Mitchell Trubisky, good to go against the Rams for the Bears, and Joe Flacco, considered questionable to face the Chiefs on Sunday.
0: That's pretty cool.
3: <laughs> hmm. All right, so Melvin know, Gordon, I is. think he, I think he could play. I think they don't
5: want to play him because they want to play him against the Chiefs instead of playing him. You know that means there'll be a for for fantasy playoff guys heavy dose of Justin Jackson, mm. right? I because the Justin Jackson gets worn down, that's fine. They don't want to wear out Austin Eckler. Um, I think you'll see Justin Jackson in on fifty percent
3: of the snaps at least. Yep. XFL is looking into possible new rules that will be used in 2020, Doug, when the league relaunches. A running clock outside of the final two minutes of each half. Designated ball spotters so the referees wouldn't have to be running around to spot the ball. I need somebody to spot my balls. And tiered extra points, no kicks, but conversions from the... Two yard line would be one point. A conversion from the five yard line would be two points, and one from the fifteen yard line would be three points. So you could three. be down nine and be within one possession of tying the game. Three. I like it.
5: I mean, I like it. Look, there's gonna be flaws to it, but this is a great. You know, it's like the, the old spitball test. So, you know, throw
3: things, spit things at the yeah at the wall and see what sticks. Former Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze, the new head football coach at Liberty. He had some weird quotes, didn't he? Yeah, very weird. That only
5: Jesus mm-hmm. can handle his junk. I'm like, mm, not sure that was the word you wanted to use, Hugh. But <laughs> I do think, like, listen, in the spirit of Christianity, you know, in the spirit of the season, if you're looking for a place for personal and professional redemption, what better place than Liberty, which uh, was
3: formed by uh, Jerry Falwell, right? It was neither. Fa- Praise the founder God. Of anyway, uh, Nationals owner Mark Lerner gave his outlook on the possible return of Bryce Harper to the Nationals. As he joined 106.7 the fan in Washington, DC earlier today. If
4: he comes back, it's a strong possibility that we won't be able to make it work. I really don't expect them to come back at this point. I think they they've decided to move on. There's just too much money out there that he'd be leaving on the table.
3: Ah, oh, so there it is. That's N- a
5: lot. No, it's a not, have not said, not said That's a clown question, bro. Right? Shouldn't that's his most famous mm-hmm. quote. Mm-hmm. That that's is... Cl- is 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 Bryce Harper coming back? It's no. a clown question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, cl- it's a clown question. Ramos, how do you not have that's a clown
3: question, bro? Uh, I gotta look for that one. Yeah, he's got, you like that. You and... like that. He's got like, <laughs> Representative Byer. Yeah, you've got that one Byer. as well. A trade just went down in the NBA. The Mil- I saw this. George yes. Hill going to Milwaukee. All right, go ahead. Tell him. John Henson. <laughs> Deli's going back. Matthew
5: Della that. Vadova is going back. And uh, they get a second round pick. The, the reason that Delhi and John Henson, they had to, George Hill makes a lot of money shooting guard, coming out the bench. I think this is a bad trade for the Bucks. I think they needed the toughness of Delhi in the playoffs,
3: my personal well, opinion. Well, he's played like one game this year. I mean, like, yeah. The other day was the only day he got meaningful minutes. Hill at least can also uh, bring some shooting, three-point <laughs> shooting, to a Bucks team that now loves to shoot the three. And John Henson's hurt. He may not play at all this season. They do give a first-round pick to Cleveland as part of the deal, according to Woj and Sham. a question, bro. Is it Sham? Shams or Shams? Do you... I thought it was Shams, but music says it's Shams. Huh? I'm not sure either.
2: I believe it's Shams.
3: Shams. Shams That's what they say at of Sunset, so Shams. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. That's a
2: clown question, bro. <laughs> that is a clown cr-
3: question. That's uh, a clown question. Allen Iverson thinks this is a clown question. Who's the GOAT? That's because on the Players Tribune, he said there's no debate. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. No debate about it. Agreed. Moving on. That's the answer. That's the answer? With yeah. The answer. Oh, yeah. The, Wrap the it up, Johnny. That's a high note. That's a high note.
8: was the
6: press.
5: All right, everybody happy? We got big plans? <laughs> Music, are you drinking Pinot somewhere? Uh, or are you just hanging out with your in-laws in that really creepy room that you share with Jeez. your soon-to-be wife?
2: Sounds like a plan, Doug.
5: <laughs> All right. Let's walk around in our underwear and pretend like it's home. Who said underwear, Doug? <laughs> Uh, download the all ball podcast at some point we'll drop it uh john ramos is off to coach uh, some youth sports team poorly i'll oh, be coaching youth basketball now, <laughs> you can see me on on tv and dan Byer. check him out on sunday morning here on fox sports radio when he's when he's not interrogating phil mickelson and tiger woods in the meantime thanks for tuning in we'll be with you monday recapping all the football on the doug gottlieb show
4: Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
5: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own.